0: All right,
1: Caesar Cielo, long time coming, my friend. How are you?
2: I'm good, Brad. Uh, thanks for the invitation. Yeah, I, I believe a lot of people wanted to see this. Here it is, and I, I hope... We, we can get some nice stories and uh, make this episode, you know, historic. <laughs> One of yeah, the best well, episodes we've ever done. <laughs>
1: this this will be incredible, man. I've been waiting for this for a long time. And it, look, to be honest, there's been a lot of screaming from people in Brazil. Like, come on, get Caesar on, get Caesar. And I, and I hear you, okay? But timing is everything. And uh, I, think, I think the timing here is perfect, right? Like, uh, I've said this publicly and I said it to you as well a couple of days ago. Like, I think the world record... That we created together in Rome is is part of our story, part of our legacy, your legacy, and obviously it was broken, uh, you know, a few days ago by David Popovich, and uh, and I had um, you know a range of emotions, which I'm sure you had, and I think that these emotions connected us again. And I can I'll explain my emotions first, and then you you can maybe say yours. But like my emotions were this, and there's been a situation over many years where i've defended this world record right like i knew the work you did i was there i saw it i saw your talent i saw your work ethic i saw your mindset and people wanted to rip that apart and just put it in a box and say he cheated it was a suit world record you know he had a suit and that's the only reason why he did that and for many many years i was angry about that i was defended it and i was pissed off and You know, like I would, I would attack people like, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, and, and, and then, you know, a few years later, I'm like, all right, I I just want this thing to go now. Like we've had it a good period of time. It was, it was worthwhile. It was, it was fun. And, and it got to a point where people started to get close, you know, Caleb uh, Dress or Kyle Chalmers, you know, um, all sorts of different people started to get close. And I started to want it to go eventually like, okay, let's go. Popovich comes along, he takes it, you know. And and I felt good about that. And then I told you a couple hours later, I had this feeling of sadness, like deep sadness for this for this record because again, I came back to I knew the work that you did. I knew the mindset you had. I knew the 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 time you put into this and the the value of the work that you did and, and now in history that's gone, but in but in our minds it's still there. So uh, so I reached out to you, and 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 so, w- what was your feeling on on this world record?
2: Well, I think you you explained it very well, Brett. I mean, it got to a point where, man, thirteen years is a lot of time. Hmm. It's like when I broke the record, Popovich was four. <laughs> so uh, thinking in this way is it's, it's kind of crazy because, like, you don't expect a world record to to last that long. I mean and it gets to a point where like you you get very attached to it. Mm-hmm. So I o- one of my deepest desires in swimming was to break a world record even if it lasted for one heat. Like if I if I broke the record in my heat and then the next heat broke it again I was like okay, for 2 minutes in my life I was the best in history. Mm-hmm. Like on the in that race, I mean that specific race, and and, and that's something that I always wanted to have in, in in my career. And then, like you said, a lot of people came along. Like if you go even uh, back, like to the James Magnussen mm. era, like we like he went forty-seven ten. So we had Magnuson, which for me, I mean uh i believe Magnussen was i mean if i had to put a final like if i was the coach and choose like mm. one of the best 100 freestylers of all time if i was a coach i think i would choose Magnussen. man i've never said that to anyone and now it's public but i man, i just love his style of swimming the 100 freestyle his technique and uh he he went 47 the 10 then mm. we had McAvoy going 47-04, Mm. then you have Dressel, you have Chalmers, you have Popovich, you have Kolesnikov, went 47-11. Mm. Mm. So it's almost like building a final of people that could break it. Like you have almost like an entire final with the capability, the capability of breaking the world record. I knew it was coming. Mm. I just didn't know it was going to last that long. And (laughs) because it lasts that long, I was like, ah, oh, man, it's tougher than I thought when I saw Pavlovich break. I was like, it's a, it's weird because it's not like you lost a race, mm. but at the same time, it's like, man, like it was something that was there for so long and it's not anymore. Like, it, mm. it's just like, you feel like a little piece in your life, mm. but I knew it was coming since Dressel started, like, especially his times in Budapest in 2017. And Chalmers kept going too it. I was like, man, those two are gonna. I mean, I'm not talking about somebody breaking it. I think those two are gonna break it. And then more people came along, and then Popovich now came along. And it was like it, it's gonna happen, but it gets to a point where just like I don't think it's gonna happen because people are trying, <laughs> they're not doing it, but <laughs> but it's uh it's like it's crazy, man. I mean, my feeling was that like Everything that we've done, we we've done our you know our part. We left mm. you know everything we had in the pool during those years, and uh, every time you know people are gonna go back and talk about that generation, they're gonna have to talk about that world record, and and yeah. that's that's what I what I take of it because like I like tennis a lot, and I see like the '90s. You have to talk about Andre Agassiz, You have to talk about Pete Sampras mm-hmm. and Jimmy Connors, and now you know, we're going to talk about Dressel, Popovich, but if you go back, you're going to have to talk about Alain Bernard, about mm. Cesar Cielo, and and this is what I, you know, what I like most about it. Like, I wanted to leave, like, a mark in my generation, and people like to say, get upset about the, the suits and all, but it's like, they have to blame somebody, but the truth is, it's not like we were doing something that nobody else was, like, nah, it's not nah. like I was racing naked people in the final. Yeah, So. Yeah. And if we go back, like we didn't have the ramps on the block too, like so yeah, now we yeah. have. You have different starting blocks. Mm-hmm, Everything mm-hmm. starts to evolve, and it's not easy. I mean, I'm not even gonna say like when I saw the record was gone, I was like thrilled. Like for me personally, I was like, it's it's mixed because like I didn't lose a race, but like I lost something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But for swimming, mean, man, I mean, I, I, you just gotta be happy. I mean, this is part of the sport, and there's a new generation coming and. Like like I worked hard for my record. I'm sure Popovich, Popovich did everything he could, and yeah. I mean nobody just you know gets a result like this out of luck. He worked for it, and he yeah. deserves it. He earned it. So yeah. you know, long live the new hundred freestyle king, and <laughs> I hope it stays for another you know two, three, four, five years. But maybe he will break it again, and maybe he'll go forty-five nine. I don't know. It's it's the future, man. And we, we gotta be happy, you know, looking to that side.
1: Damn. You, you gave me chills when you said long live the new hundred freestyle king. Man, I got chills there because this looks kind (laughs) of like passing on of, of the the crown, you know, like, I love that analogy, you know, that there's a new king and, and the old king is passing it on, you know, and, um, I love how you went through the history there. I didn't do it justice the way you did, man. I kind of skipped over so many people and, and if you to say Magnuson uh, is, is one of the best, I, it's hard to disagree with that. Like when you watch Magnuson, you were like, wow, this guy's special, you know and um, and, and he's he's certainly an incredible athlete. He, he had some gifts, very much like Popovich. So um, I mean it just we'll, we'll touch on this real quick and then we'll move back into kind of the history of, of you and I because I think there's so much detail here, but I don't want to rush anything either. so but in, in terms of first impressions of Popovich, when did when did you first see him come onto the scene, and and what what are your impressions now?
2: Well, I think uh, well the first time was when he started to to swim forty seven, mm-hmm. and he was still sixteen years old, and yeah. I was like, oh, this is just, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, this is, like there there's there are times in our lives, Brad, where you just like you see something you don't understand, and it's like the universe is it's just like out of your reach. You're just like, you're just yeah. like, there's really something that I don't know about and mm-hmm. I can't explain and it's, it's happening. So yeah, like, I, I don't know. Like yep. when I was yep. 16, I was swimming a 5,100 freestyle. Mm. So like I saw 47, I was like, are we going to the, to the era of 45 very quickly or like what is happening? Like, mm. so I mean, his technique is, is, absolutely i mean just outstanding i mean he he knows how to grab the water you can tell from the underwater shots mm. that he has a different feel for for the water compared to the other swimmers and uh and he has so much room to improve i mean seeing his race and you know how i am like i, I don't watch a race for fun i watch a race to mm-hmm. analyze everything mm-hmm. and i man i there there are two or three points where he has like Big, big rooms to improve, and uh, man, I mean, I like a forty-six-five or a forty-six-three or something. I think is within reach to like to for him to, to for to swim at Paris twenty twenty-four. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's fun, man. I mean, we're we're looking at the the new king of the hundred freestyle, and it seems like he's not going going to go away. He's gonna give you know Dressel, Schalmers, Kolesnikov, all of those guys a hard time. Mm-hmm. And uh, technique wise, I mean, uh, we just got to learn from it. I, I mean, he's just uh, 17 years with, with that technique, it's is something very special. I mean, we're, we're witnessing something very special.
1: We are, man. And everything you said, everything, we're, we're exactly, we felt the same way, we had the same thoughts. Like the first time I interviewed him, I, I said to him, I thought you were on drugs when I first heard the time and the age. And the I, I hadn't seen him swim, you know, I actually said that to him. Um, I mean, I'm embarrassed to say it, but like the first thought you have is like, what is this? Like, what planet is this? <laughs> There's no 16 year old can go 47.3. It's, it's just stupid, you know? But then you see the tape and the tape speaks for itself. The underwater, the way he feels, the grab, all that. And then you take it to another level by, by when you talk to him, that's, that's the differentiator here. Like he's got a feel for the water that is unlike most humans on earth, but this man thinks the way Cesar Cielo thinks. And that's why I'm so happy to be talking to you today because a lot of people um, do have opinions on how you swim or what you swim or whatever, but they didn't know you, right? They didn't know your mindset. Like I knew your mindset. And now they're starting to get a glimpse of Popovich and his mindset and they're, they're stunned. They can't believe that a, a kid with that type of feel and that type of talent has now also that type of mindset, which is, which is just freakish. And, and the comparisons are very similar to what I knew from you, right? Like a lot of people would always ask me what made Caesar so great. And, and I could talk to them about your swimming. I could talk to them about your training and, but it was definitely hundred percent the thing that separated you clearly was your mindset um that was so unique and so different to most every other athlete and that that's the kind of thing i want to touch on here so give people a glimpse into who you are as as a as a as a competitor you know because i think that's so crucial and and popovich actually said something to me yesterday which was which was fun and 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 put a light on exactly kind of the thing that i'm talking about here is like look it's because it, i talked to him about clapping his competitors he said yes Brett. like i want the best for my competitors but that doesn't mean that i don't want to beat them that doesn't mean that i'm not going to uh, uh, attack and and you know and it's like this contrast of mindsets like i'm very happy for you but i'm gonna i'm gonna kill you you know like that kind of thing like and that's the same mindset you had in, in a sense of like you, you know, so oh, i want to go into that but anyway i've been talking yeah. too long but the, so you. much here so Tell me this, Caesar. When, when, why did you go to Auburn? Like, well, how did you end up at Auburn? You got there before I did in two thousand. I got there in two thousand six, like April. When did you get there?
2: I got there in the fall of two thousand and five, Brad. And mm. I mean, I, I cannot say I was a little luck when it when it comes to to going to the U.S. because I, I wanted to to be. I mean, the best place that I could be to really develop my career and have the opportunity to keep studying, because here in Brazil, this is something almost impossible to do. I mean, if you wanna have a high performance career in sports and still be in school, it's almost impossible to do the way that we set universities and everything here. So I was like, okay, I have to learn English. I have to go to the US if I wanna keep swimming. And uh, I started to to study English hard around 2003. But I was lucky enough to have the world championships in short course meters in 2004 in Indianapolis, Indiana. Mm. So when I was there, I met a lot of scouts from schools, (laughs) athletes from, you know, that were swimming at the NCAAs at the time. Mm. And I came back, man, from from those world championships with a lot of a lot of cards, a lot of phone numbers, (laughs) emails and everything. And uh but for some reason man like i remember fred came talk to me in 2004 frederick busquet and he was the world record holder in the fifty freestyle. Mm. and i saw him and i was like man i want to be like that guy like mm. i want to be fred like uh, I, he he was the role model for me for so many years mm. and he was a big part of of why i went to auburn and the other part was talking to, to Dave Durden at the time he was the assistant coach in Auburn mm, mm. and to David Marsh. I mean, those those two guys, man, They, they for some reason, I felt all the time I, I talked to them, I felt confident, I felt secure. And I was like, you know, like there's something special here. Like uh, mm. I don't know if they're that good in selling the school and everything in their program, but every time I talked to them, I was like, this is where I got to go. Like this is – I was talking to other schools at the same time, but every time with Auburn, I was like, I already made my choice like why am I keep talking to other schools and everything like this is where I should go And and uh, you worked from the from the I mean, from the very beginning, it wasn't I'm not gonna say everything was, you know, great all the time and everything worked all the time. But yeah. like, uh, looking at the bigger picture, like, it, it, like, it pretty much just it was a, a place where I developed really quickly. And, and it worked for me. I mean, the, the environment was something that I always wanted to have here in Brazil, and I never had, like, this competitive environment that it's it's normal, it's, it's, you know, just common in the U.S. It's not normal in Brazil. I mean, in the U.S., you guys pretty much, you know, tried to put everybody to race against each other within the team. And mm. this is not something that I, I was used to. And that, man, that was, for me, it was like, it was a party every day in the pool. I mean, I always wanted to race and always wanted to challenge mm-hmm. myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why I chose Albert pretty much. I mean, just, I, I knew Fred was, you know, an international swimmer, world record holder at that school, mm-hmm. and then great coaches behind it. And I was like, okay, I got to go there. and. But I always had that feeling, too, where I was like, you know, if it doesn't work, I mean, I, I, I might, go, you know, either go back to Brazil with a diploma from a U.S. school mm. or I might have to go back to, you know, to my, my old life. And at least I tried. So that's, that's right. that was my thinking. Like, I cannot pass this opportunity and, and, and I just got to go go there and see. But when, once I saw the environment, man, I was like, this is this is what I was looking for my entire life, like a place where I was, you know, challenged every time like where mm. you know calling you know your teammates to to race or you know just asking for them to raise the level of standards which was something you know i always wanted to do like just right, right. just bringing people to the level of standards i believed and like seeing people actually you know just buying that idea and actually getting in and i was like man i i see more people like like i am and so i was in a place where You know, we had to, we had to compete, we had to, to do well. And the levels of standard was, was something that I always wanted. And that's a, once you came in 2006, it just became even bigger. I mean, I just, I was, I felt, I felt like I was more adapt to the U S to the school and everything like a year after I started. And once you came in, I was like, I'm ready. Like I know how to live here. I, I know how to do my thing. And it came with the same intensity. And I think that's why you worked so well. I mean, I, when it comes to to swing, I mean, any professional sports, I mean, not professional but any competitive sports, we're talking about level of standards. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. that that was my belief the whole time. You know how I was. Like, I, I never wanted yeah. to finish a workout being excellent. I was like, excellent is not good enough. you got to be extraordinary. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm not leaving the pool until... I reached the level I believe is extraordinary. And to be honest, I this, this is how I feel. This is how I feel like my entire career. And this is how I still feel about like, for an example, like a final of the world championships or the Olympics. I see a lot of exceptional guys, but maybe one or two were extraordinary. Yeah. So, and when it comes to that final, like I don't see people with different tools. Like there's no more talented swimmer. There's no more swimmer in a better shape than the other or oh my god that swimmer is more disciplined i was like when it comes to that final i was like this is the difference between how you build your result because everybody's good everybody's in shape everybody's ready why are you going to be the guy by your side if if he's as good as you are so that was my mentality in auburn every day like to be like myself in the final like i gotta imagine there are seven guys like i am in the final how I'm going to be those, those other seven guys. It's not about, you know, training hard and being disciplined. I was like, no, I got to bring something more to the table. And uh, Well, you know more, you know better than everybody else how I was every day at Auburn. It's not, you get to a point where it's tough to keep up, you know, with the environment and the intensity. But, you know, I always believe that the process that you put in every day, the habits, you know, you really invest yourself in. Are the difference maker for for that special moment
1: it's fun it's interesting you say that right like the the difference between exceptional and extraordinary and and this is a very um important um, distinction that people need to understand about you right and and this is a, a very clear indicator to me of what separated you and and I, and as you were saying this it reminded me of a time where i tried to inspire you once as your coach And I would always like send you things and, you know, put quotes together or whatever, like, or or send you a picture. And I remember I sent you a picture once. I'm not exactly sure when it was. I just remember the the moment. I sent you a picture of a soccer player once. And I, in my mind, he was uh, an exceptional, uh, an extraordinary soccer player, like one of the world's best soccer players. So I, I used this photo. I don't know if you remember this, but I used this photo and I sent it to you. And I'm like, be like him. And you were like, Brett, this guy sucks. Why would I want to be like him? And in my mind, like I said, in my mind, he's one of the best soccer players in the world. And you're like, no, if I want to be like anyone, and then you sent me, I think it was like Messi back or Ronaldo or something like that. You're like, if, if I'm going to be like anyone, I'm going to be like them. And it was like, you always did that. And that's that's what people don't fully understand about you in, in swimming is like, when you looked at your competition, most people looked at your competition as um, exceptional competition. You were looking at the extraordinary. You were looking at the one or two people that were on your level that you could compete with. And and that's the standard you you always kept yourself to. You know, most people would say, oh, wow, there's 10 people here that can win this race. You were like, no, there's not. There's like one or two people that can win this race. That's it. Like you would discount everybody else. Um, Do you remember that? <laughs> I mean
2: <laughs> it's not like I, I want to underestimate the competition, but like when right. it comes to right. those uh to those spots, I mean like you know, like those times of like finals of the world championships, you you have an idea who you know who has the advantage a little bit, like it, because you know everybody's is very good, everybody's exceptional. But like you see if there there's a reason you see, for an example, like Chad LeClo in the two hundred butterfly, it was just like, yeah, he's there. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a reason where now we see Milak, and it's just like, yep. I mean, everybody's very good. Everybody's exceptional, but yeah, that guy, he's like, he's just playing on a different dimension. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. even though everybody's good, he finds a way. He, like he has a different year mm-hmm. almost, and I, I feel like every human being has this this ability to see that. Uh, most of us are not like very comfortable talking about it because it it feels like we're underestimating the competition and and sometimes we actually are, but when it comes to, that's what I always said to you and to everybody, man, when it Mm. comes to competitive sports, you got to be honest with what's happening with, with your thoughts too. I mean, don't fight your thoughts. I mean, instinct is something very important for, 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 for for a swimmer or for any competitive athlete. So, yeah, when it comes to, to to the mindset, man, I always, like, for me, two things were the most important of all. One was the level of standards. I mean, I, I, I never, I, I was like, I'm never backing this, this down. Like, I'm, like I'm looking for the extraordinary. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm not, like, good is not good enough. Exceptional might make you, you know, into the podium, but it's not going to win it. you got to look for the extraordinary. And the, the level of competition that I had and the standard that I had was with me. I, I remember one one of the meets that we we were in, Brad, was like I think it was one of the Auburn Invitational, like for 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 age groups and all. Mm. And uh, I won the 50 and 100 freestyle, but uh, I wanted to punch the wall after I swam. Like I, I like I threw my my equipment like I was mm. crazy. I remember Richard mm. coming talking and talking to me, and uh, I swam like a 44.0 and a I don't know like a 99 a 20.0 something like that. And I was like, no, like, it, it, and I remember Richard was like, man, like, I understand what, you, what you're doing, but please, like, just keep it down because, <laughs> like, you just beat everybody. So you, you're you're going to make everybody feel right. so much worse than they already are feeling. But I was like, right. man, like, I'm not here to compete against them. Like, I'm here to to reach my 101%, right. my 101%, right. like 100% is not enough. And I remember looking at the score, but I was like, 44-0 is not good enough. Like I don't care if I want. Like I, I have to go back to my house. I have to look myself in the mirror, and I'm not happy. Okay, I, I'm gonna look at the mirror, and there's a guy that is not swimming well right now. It's not living to the to the full potential that he he's he can do. Right. So, this level of standards, man, it was something that I don't know if it was healthy or not. Or <laughs> it works. I, I gotta say to everybody that is listening to us right now, if you wanna change your life quickly just raise the level of standards and commit. I mean, if you really commit to the extraordinary constantly, I mean, your life is going to change because, I mean, it's just playing a different game. I mean, you're not competing against everybody else. Like, you you're just asking yourself, how good can I be? What do I have to do to to be my very best? And then the second thing to really reach a different level of results, it's the team. I mean, it's the people around you. I mean, you're Mm. not going to be there by yourself and you need people, and I'm not talking about, like, relationships too, Brad. I mean, we come from an, an individual sport. Yeah. Um, I'm not talking about, like, having good relationships with your yeah. teammates. I mean, this is important. Yeah, for, of course it is. But I'm talking about aligning the level of standards of everybody. Right. Because it's so much easier, man, to surround ourselves with people with lower expectations. And for me, that's that explains why the U.S. is so successful in sports because everybody has the level of standards in the extraordinary at least in the exceptional so when you go to to different countries and i can tell i can say this from my own country i mean it's hard to have a team that you know it, it's going to motivate you and it's going to you know push you hard to really go for the extraordinary i mean we are you know happy with good and maybe exceptional i mean mm-hmm. nobody really is reaching for the for the extraordinary so the people around us is super important because, I mean, we, we're just the reflection of the, of the expectation of, of expectations of people around us. Mm. And if you surround yourself with people that want, you know, different results, I mean, higher, you know, results and better results for their lives, I mean, it's going to be a, a, an amazing journey for everybody. I mean, we are the proof of it. I mean, you, me, Fred, Target, George Bovell, that group that we had mm. in 2009. I mean, it's just a group mm. of people that want to be special, that want mm-hmm. to be extraordinary. And once you have that mm. level of standards and you have those, you know, kind of people around you, I mean, that's when you become un- pretty much unstoppable.
1: We individualize training in the pool, so why not individualize your nutrition? Erica Barney of Barney Wellness Building will help you and your swimmers get exactly what each athlete needs through genetic testing and personalized nutrition plans. So Stop guessing what you should and shouldn't be putting into your body. Athletes within a few weeks have noticed they're recovering faster because they're fueling their body with what they need and staying away from what their body hates. Erica understands swimming. She gets it. She's worked with over 20 Olympians, including the fastest man in the world, Caleb Dressel. Group discounts are available. So go to Biney Wellness Building and get in touch with Erica today. That's Biney B-E-I-N-E Wellness Yeah. Yeah. I I agree with all that. And, and there were so many memories coming back as you were talking there too. And um and, and you're so correct. And I don't know how much of a of a role I played in in your mindset, right? Like your you, your mindset is your mindset. I, I certainly um, kind of molded your mindset with you a little bit. Uh, I, I can I can certainly take some credit for uh, being a coach and, and helping you mold. But but your mindset is your mindset. Like you at times I had a I had a hard time understanding where you were coming from because even with that Richard Quick example, where in my mind I'm like, oh wow, Caesar just won the fifty and the hundred great swim, and here you are over in the corner throwing a tantrum and. And Richard's having to go over and, and, and say, hey, listen, don't treat your competition like that. And you're like, it's not about my competition. I remember many moments like that with you, uh, training moments that we had, where you would we, you would react the same way. And I, was, I had a very hard time contemplating, what, what, what's he doing right now? But it was because your level of expectation was so high, like even higher than, like you said, it, <laughs> most of us come in and say, and say I want to be great today you're like, I don't want to be great today. I want to be extraordinary. I want to be better than anyone's ever been. We, it's hard to kind of live to that standard when you're when you're in a team of people that just say, oh, great's good enough, you know? And and there's one person saying great is not good enough. I want to be extraordinary. I want to be the best ever. That's a whole nother level of mindset. And as, as you were talking there, I was clearly thinking about Dean Boxall and the conversation I had with him, and and the way he coaches, and the way he 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 coached Ariane Titmus to uh, beat Katie Ledecky, you know that process that they went through, and that's this thing that he kept hammering to her is extraordinary, extraordinary. Be be exceptional, be be so different that no nobody can compare to you because you're holding yourself to a whole another standard. So that's really interesting. I I distinctly remember this, Caesar. You and I had a moment together that I think shaped part of this. And it was actually at the 2007 SEC Championships in Kentucky. Do you remember this? Oh, yeah. So (laughs) actually, I want to go back just real quickly. So you came to Auburn in 2005. I was still one of the best swimmers in the world. I was one of the fastest swimmers in the world at that time. I didn't retire until the Commonwealth Games in 2006. So you and I were actually swimming at the same time so in in some other maybe universe we we may have even competed against each other at the 2008 olympics if i had kept going i didn't retire because i was injured i didn't retire because um i plateaued i was still getting faster i was swimming 22 lows consistently and which was one of the best swimmers in the world and i did get to a point where swimming was done in my mind like i've I've done everything i can i've been everywhere i want to go I've, i've Trained with every, I was swimming with Ian Thorpe, Grant Hackett, Michael Klim. Like these are the greatest swimmers in the world in history. You know, I'd done everything, man. And and I said something inside me said it's enough. You know, the 2006 Commonwealth Games, I won the bronze medal in the 50. Uh, Brent Hayden got silver, and um, I believe Roland Schuermann uh, won the gold. And 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 that was it for me. You know, I was like that's enough. So I decided. I was talking to David Marsh, and I said to him, I want to. Um, come and finish my degree. And so he pulled me in. Um, This is kind of serendipitous, right? Like I come to Auburn in, in April of 2006. And one of the coaches got sick that he had to stop coaching. David asked me to fill in for the summer just because I was there to study. That's all I was doing. I went to Auburn to study, to finish my degree. And he asked me to fill in for the summer. And I said, okay. And so he gave me a group of people that um we're, we're having a hard time and he wanted to kind of give them something different over the summer and so he gave me a group of 10 people and you were part of the 10 and one of the things he said to me is like you know i've been i've been trying to push this kid for the 200 200 but he just he's resisting it and i think he may leave he may go back to he may go back to um to brazil if if we don't change something so just have fun with him for the summer so my my whole idea with you was to have fun you know and so that was it. But anyway, that, that's kind of how we got together. But Kentucky, right? I'm going to want to go back to Kentucky in terms of your mindset. So I'm coaching you at the SEC Championships. I remember David gave you a workout before the meet started. Like, And everyone else kind of did a, a meet warm-up. And you specifically had a workout, like a, like a 6K, maybe 7K workout, like real hard stuff. And you were pissed. You're like, I'm at the SEC Championships, blah, blah, blah. And you were like, really upset about it. We go back to the hotel later and, and David came to me and said, listen, go, go and talk to Susan. I'm, I'm worried about his mindset kind of thing. Cause you were, you were like really angry with the fact that David had done this to you and, and you're there to compete. And I remember walking into your hotel room and you and I had a conversation. I said, I said this, I said, we're not here to compete against people. You're here to be the best that you can be at the end of the season, which means breaking ncaa records being faster than any humans ever swam in history like we were we were thinking beyond the secs and i think at that point in time you were thinking internally of like where you are right now i remember you and i had this very specific conversation i said to you swim to your level swim to to be the best that you can be you're not you're not here to compete against it you're so much better than everybody else and that wasn't that wasn't me talking down to your competition again it was me telling you to swim at the level that you're capable of because you're so much you were just so much better than everybody else you were at the at the sec championships there was nobody that could compete at your level and and i clearly remember that conversation um so i don't know Well, what's what's your thoughts on that
2: it's interesting, brother. You, you were talking, and then you took me back to to that hotel room, man. It's, uh, <laughs> I was pissed. I mean, I was. <laughs> I mean, like like you were saying, man. I, I mean, this is a conversation between you know two friends, uh, former you know swimmer, former coach that yeah. have had you know have had the greatest success that the mm-hmm. sport can offer. I mean, we mm-hmm. reached everything. So we we, we don't want to you know. Talk down to anybody or be arrogant or here mm-hmm. here or anything, but uh, we we want to give the reality. This is how we we work in the backstage. I mean, mm-hmm. this is how we do. I mean, if you want to uh, reach you know the gold medal at the world championships at the Olympic medal at the Olympic games, you're you're not going to be talking to your coach about you know you know let's try our best and mm-hmm. let's see you know let's uh, <laughs> hopefully it's going to work. I mean, this is not the, the talk of an Olympic champion mm-hmm. and. You knew what i wanted to do and, and like i was saying man, like the environment in auburn was probably the first time that i felt like i was kind of understood and the first time that i was inspired to keep you know expressing and approaching and that that crazy mindset that i had because i remember in brazil man like when i lost the race it wasn't very much different than you saw in Auburn mm. or at the World Championships, <laughs> but like uh, I remember, like throwing my stuff away and like you know punching the wall. Like and some stuff like that, like some you know this stupid kid you know that
0: mm. just mm.
2: having a hard time. But in here all the time, what I heard was you got to learn how to lose. And I was I was like I don't want to be a loser. Why <laughs> why do I have to learn how to lose? Like if you want to be a loser, that's your choice. That's not mine. Like. Mm. I'm not. I'm not doing that. Like you've got to learn how to lose. Like what does that mean? Like no, this is mm-hmm. like, and that almost like, well, that pretty much made me lose respect to you know to a lot of people. Like mm-hmm. uh, like when I heard that, I was like, man, like yeah, like you're out of my life. Like mm-hmm. you, you don't understand the level I'm playing and what I'm trying to do. Like just for any, like another example, bro. Like the 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 bronze medal in the hundred in Beijing. Like it's mm-hmm. a great example of like. The, the level of standards that we were playing because man that result is one of the, probably the one that i like the most even more mm-hmm. than the 50. Mm-hmm. that 100 is so special to me and it's a bronze medal so like the level of standards that we were talking about it's it's made you know it, it has to be designed and built by you for you for your career for your life like you're not gonna compete against other people i mean they're references that's how i saw my competition like you're here to give me a reference of how good i am but i'm mm-hmm. searching for my 100%. Right. And at that at that competition in Kentucky, man, and some of the competitions before, like i remember i i swam a 53 style at the at the very first year in 2006 you you were still not there. And i remember i left the 53 at the NCAA's. I was I was lane 4. I qualified first for the final but i messed up the final. So i think i think i finished fifth or sixth. And like i was in the stands, man, and i I was like I was, you know, like I was pissed with myself. Like I was mad with myself, and I was like, man, this is like worse than losing. It's not swimming well. This is what mm. made me crazy all the time. Like I, I was not worried about losing. I was worrying about not just leaving my 100% at the pool. That's what got me crazy, and that's what mm. haunted me for so for so long and all the time in swimming. Because I was like, if I leave my 100% at the pool, I don't care if it's a fourth place, if it's a third place. Like that's my 100%. Like mm-hmm. I, I can live with that, and I, I started kind of crying a little bit, like in the stands in two thousand six. But be, like out of anger, like I was mad after that fifty three, and I remember Marsh like came talk to me. and He didn't see I was I was like I had tears in my eyes and all, and I remember he saw it and he kind of got surprised and he was like, "Man, we gotta build that fire more. Like we mm-hmm. we gotta keep pushing you more." Like this is like that's that the fighter spirit that you have. Like, I'm gonna, if you let me, like, I'm gonna push you harder than ever before. And I was like, that was the first time I, I had someone that kind of understood and not only understood, but I was like, okay, let's make this, you know, your, you know, something, a quality for you to become better and, and not a weaknesses and not a weakness, because like, this is something special. Like if you're, if you can have that, that crazy fighter spirit inside of you, let's work on it and, when you came along, like, we started working together. You knew I never wanted to do the 200. was way too painful all the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I remember that that day that you were describing in Kentucky. I mean, man, we were doing, like, three, four hundreds kick. <laughs> best average. I was like, I'm doing the 100 freestyle in 30 minutes. Like, what, mm-hmm. uh, what are we doing here? And mm-hmm. I remember looking at you, and it was, like, like making, like, you know, faces, and you're just, like... He's the head coach, man. I'm not doing anything here.
0: Mm-hmm. And I was like, <laughs> yeah.
2: "Like, what is happening? Like, I've never done this before." And he took me out of the 200 medley relay too. I don't know, like, well, what he was trying to do at the time. Like, I still have some questions in my mind. I was like, "Why did he take me out of the two of the 200 medley relay? Like, it cost me a gold medal." And <laughs> I mean, I'm the 50 freestyler here. Mm-hmm. And he, I remember that day that he was like Caesar, like. You've got to go 18. So you're leading off the relay because you went night I went 19-0 in the in the 50. It was like you've got to go 18. You've got to break that barrier. You cannot have that barrier in your mind. And I remember I looked at him. I was like, "What barrier? Like, what are you talking about? Like, 18s? I mean, again, we're, we're, I'm not trying to be arrogant. Or yeah, anything, yeah, yeah. But like, uh, mm-hmm. I was like, 18 is easy, man. Like, you're not what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Like, I went 19-03. I'm not shaved. Like, hey, relax. Like, we're gonna mm-hmm. go 18-5 at the end. <laughs> And he looked at me he's like, "Okay, so let's see how <laughs> how, how much you can push All right, let's see how hard you can swim and but I remember like going to the to the race and I was very upset with marsh and like mm-hmm. I, I I could I, like I couldn't add up what was happening. but I remember I was like, okay, so if you want to see how you know how good I am and how much he can push me, like I was like, okay, so like i knew the record of the, the the school record was like 41.9 or something i was like okay so this is within reach i was like okay you want to push me hard i'm gonna i'm gonna punch back and i went i went like a 41.8 or something in the 100. but uh not only that i like after the race i went there I was like okay marsh you happy so you can push me and then you know i'm gonna push back and Next time, at least, try not to be in the way because I want to. I want to go a forty point. Okay, like I want. I want to swim different times. And I mean, we always had those crazy talks in Auburn, mm. man. You you knew how it was. It was fun to have you like understanding the process that I had because in the end, I think that that was the the most beneficial part of 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 you, David Marsh, and Auburn. You you guys understood like how I worked. I mean. I, i never i before i never found people that actually understood that like me i had my parents that were going along with me but they were like man you, you're going a little crazy you know let's turn it down a little bit like you know you, you're losing friends you're letting now people don't want to treat yeah. with you anymore no yeah. and i was like i'm not trying to make friends like i'm trying to you know just look at myself in the mirror and be satisfied so for me man swimming like people ask me like you wanted to be the best in the world i was like no I just like my motivation was like a necessity. Like I was afraid of you know being in my 30s, the 35s, 40, 45 year old and looking back and be like man I I regret so much being in the pool. Like that mm-hmm. that was my motivation. I was scared mm-hmm. to death to 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 think that I I lost time, that I regret my my career that I I could have done something different and that feeling, man. Whenever, like, I woke up and I turned off the alarm and yeah, and I pressed this news button, I was like, man, today is a it's a, it's a decisive day in my career. Like, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna let you know this laziness beat me. I was like, this is a, I, in 20 years, I'm gonna look back and today is gonna be the day that killed my career. So, like, I remember those days, man, I left the, the, the bed like crazy, rushed to the workout, and, and probably had one of the best workouts of my life because of that fear. So, my motivation was fear, man, and I know it's not sexy when we're talking, you know, this way, but, I mean, I I really do believe people, you know, go deeper and further whenever they need to do something, whenever it's a must, and for some reason, I put swimming in my life as a must, like. I remember one time when one time we were talking and you were just like, hey, Cesar, you just won your, I don't know, like, fifth or sixth world title. Like, what? you cried again in the podium. I was like, <laughs> Brad, I'm not racing those guys. I'm racing for my life. Like, I don't want to regret everything that I'm doing. Like, I'm not, I'm looking at them and I'm like, I'm not here to win the gold. I'm here to win my life back. Like, I'm going to look back, you know, from... In twenty years from now, and I want to be, I just want to make sure that, you know, I'm satisfied. I left everything that I had, and, and that was the, you know, it, it always started with you guys understanding that that mindset and playing with it, because, uh, like you know, giving crazy warm ups for me and and just putting me in different races and being like, hey, just go there and see how you can do. I mean, now we want you to compete. I mean, just bring your, you know, crazy warrior and see what you can do in that 100 backstroke and that 100 butterfly. And sometimes it yeah. worked, sometimes it didn't, but mm-hmm. like, I always enjoyed the, the way that we said things. Like I remember one of the duo meets, uh, I was just like, I was supposed to swim like a 100 butterfly and 200 freestyle, because like, mm-hmm. we're like, no, we're not doing the, the normal races. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you came talk to me, Brandon, It's like, hey, you're doing the 50 freestyle. I was like, what, like, what is happening? Like I remember, man, it was a duo meet, like it didn't mean much. Mm. But like I remember listening to the, to the taker marks from the referee, and I was shaking. I was like, "What? The, like, what is happening? Like, what the?" What? And those are the things that we were, I mean, able to do. And you know, the plan that you had for me, and I mean, having those different environments and challenges, uh, it pushed me to to really, you know, challenge myself and see how much I, I always had this satisfaction of seeing how much I could yeah. handle. And you yeah. I mean, you knew.
1: <laughs> well, listen, you know, I think I think the, the, the thing that I had as an advantage for me, I guess, that I used as an advantage is, like I said, I was one of the best swimmers in the world just a few months earlier. And I came and I could relate to you instantly in terms of you wanting to be the best in the world because I was, I had the same mindset just months ago. <clears throat> like, my mindset is I'm not doing this for fun. I'm doing this because I want to be number one in the world, right? Like, I want to be the best. If I can't be the best, if Roland Schoeman is better than me, if Brent Hayden is better than me, then, and, and I'm, and I've got to that point where I'm okay with that, then I'm done. You know, like, that's it. I, I, I'm done. And, and I knew that was it. And so then when I meet someone like you, who's on the up, who's like young and thinks the same way I do, like, yeah, I'm young and inexperienced, but I see myself as, the best in the world like i could relate to that person immediately like so you and i connected on that the thing that i love david marsh for is he was a master manipulator right like he could he could take what you were giving and what you were what you were saying and he could figure out how to manipulate to get that kind of motivation out of you like okay david you you want to try me all right watch this you know that's the stuff that david did so well he knew you you know like he, he he could take a personality and say okay Watch me press this button. Boom, he pressed the button and get exactly what he wrote. No. He was a master at that. What I was a master at is understanding you and your and your willingness to want to be the best and and how to get there. I knew that too. So because I i was doing it myself. So it wasn't very difficult, right? Um and and so there was that. But the yeah, it's it's interesting that that you say all these things because the these the, the way that you're talking makes people uncomfortable. I it's very difficult to understand this. And 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 this is the thing that i got so defensive about right like people would take you on face value of like just they saw your result they saw how you did it they saw where you did it and they would just say uh, they would make some sort of assumption based on just seeing the result they didn't know you and your mindset like even that even that thing you just said about the alarm going off and you saying to yourself i'm going to look back on this day this is my defining day like i knew that from you all the time you would you would that's how you lived right like and so I knew that that was a separator in athletics. When you meet people like that, they separate themselves, you know, like, so when people talk about who's the greatest of all time, like you've got to put Cesar Cielo in the conversation because that's the way he lived. He lived like he was the greatest of all time. Like he, he woke up, you woke up every day thinking you were the greatest of all time. So why wouldn't you be in that conversation with pop with, with Anthony Irvin, with, peter van den hoogen you know like the the greatest sprinters of all time Caesar cielo is right there with the best ever because that's what you that's how you lived every day you know it, it wasn't the it wasn't the fact that you won the olympic gold or you won multiple world championships it was the fact that you believed that you were the greatest of all time and that's why you are because not only did you believe it you you then get the results of those things so that that's what people need to understand about you, uh, I think, um, wholeheartedly, right? And I think that's going to be a separator between you, you and other people here, in this conversation. Um, I don't know where I want to go next, but it's like, at, at some point, I want to I want to get into um, 2008, right? Like, there's there's so many things in 2008 that happened that I think are, are worthwhile talking about, and um, I guess I guess the fact is. Let's just go to the Olympics, right? There was there's a couple of stories that I always go to Caesar of the Olympics that I think are defining for us, and 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 maybe even before that, right? The, the camp in in Macau. Like I, I've told this story many times, and I've even I think it's even written in a book somewhere, like the the swim coaching bible. If you read the swim coaching bible, the last chapter, there's a chapter on this story of you and I in Macau, and I I tell it a certain way. I want to get your perspective. I mean, you, you know what I'm talking about, in terms of, you know, I, I said to you one day, hey, we're going to go do some visualization, right? And and you remember this story, so, from your perspective, um, t- tell me what happened when we did this visualization in Macau when we went down when we went downtown,
2: and we, when we just walked around Macau. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, I mean. Um... It was crazy, Brad. I mean, it was uh, the first Olympics for me, well, the, the third for you as first as a coach. Mm. And uh, like, I felt like I was talking to a swimmer, not to a coach. And mm. I think that's that's why we were so so successful, because you, you, you never took that position of like being a mentor, but more like a partner. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to help you because this happened to me and it's not happening to you. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. and this is how it works. you got to be careful with this. you got to, I remember our talk to the final of the 100 freestyle and the the 50 freestyle, like you gave me specifics that no coach could give me. I mean, Mm -hmm. you're just like, this is how it's going to go. You're going to go through this room and then they're going to check this and they're going to do this and they're going to call you here and then you're going to sit here. And I was like, like, you're giving me, like, the itinerary of the final. Like, we're not talking about the race. I mean, we train the race. We don't have to talk about the race. And this is this was so different, I mean, that that I had from you, from everybody else. I mean, if I had a coach, we would be discussing the, the strategy, how I was going to swim. Mm-hmm. And we, I mean, when we started, I mean, once you gave me that itinerary, I remember you're just like, hey, just kill it. Just go there and do your best. I was like, okay, great pep talk. I was like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> but, uh even that, like going back to Macau, I remember you're just like, man, like we might have to walk a lot and you got to see yourself just doing it as many times as you can. And I was like, okay, this is something that I, I, you know, I always enjoy doing. And I was like, all right, let's do it. Let's let's go to Macau and walk around. And uh, I've never done that vis- visual- visualization like while I was walking. So it, it was interesting to just, go around people especially in macau where we were so much taller than everybody else (laughs) i felt like two two giraffes around walking around and uh i remember just looking at them and i like i couldn't really look at visualize the race but i remember looking at them it's like yeah like you guys are seeing firsthand the next olympic champion like Mm -hmm. you guys don't know what's coming like everybody here doesn't know what's coming and for some reason i couldn't stop thinking about the podium like every time like i like i was out of the pool like inside the pool i could i could visualize the race like when i was swimming i could like really put myself in in, into that place but like walking in macau and i was like i was like man like i'm seeing this place as the olympic champion walking around like Mm, mm. it's it's crazy man And, and i had that feeling and it's it's hard to describe i'm trying to find words because it's It's crazy. Like sometimes I'm not going to say, you know, it's going to happen, but like, I felt like, okay, I'm in the right time at the right, you know, at the right place, like doing the right thing at the right moment. And this is where I was supposed to be like today right now doing what we were doing. So that's how I felt like when we were walking and like, I saw you behind me, like most of the time walking around and just felt like, you know, like, mr miyagi just (laughs) walking behind me and just seeing whatever i was doing and like i I, you know i was supposed to feel weird but i didn't like or because i i don't feel very comfortable just you know just walking around and going you know to public places and Mm. just stumbling the people in there i I never liked that and that day i was like yeah i'm where i was supposed to be man like and i don't know it was it was a feeling where it just it just gave me joy, like it just brought me a lot of joy, a lot of fulfillment. Even though it didn't, nothing happened. I, you know, I didn't yeah, think nothing happened. But uh, yeah, no. it felt like that day was was the first. Like I don't know, uh, that's what I thought. I was like, I don't know what's gonna happen, but if this is how it feels to be an Olympic champion, I was like, that's that's pretty satisfying.
1: Yeah, I liked I liked your um, you know the way you described our relationship as 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 a partnership you know i never wanted to be i I never really saw myself as a coach like i said i just i just finished being a professional athlete so i saw myself as an athlete still at that stage so what i saw is kind of like this this guy who had um a suitcase of information and i was opening up the suitcase and i just wanted you to take it you know like here's here's everything that i learned and like you said i made mistakes i did some things well but I've, I've got a blueprint. Like I figured this thing out. Like I've been to a couple of Olympics now. I've been around the best, you know, like you, you go to a few Olympics with Ian Thorpe, you're going to learn some things. You know what I mean? So it's like I had this toolbox of, of like really valuable information that I was like, okay, I've got this superstar swimmer who's young, who's talented, who who's hungry. And yet he's never been to his first Olympics. And, and I don't want to go there and, and, and say, well, we learned something like, I want to go there and win because that's what you want to do you want to go there to win and we weren't in the top 10 in the world still like we we didn't go in rank top 10 i think we were top i think we were top 15 but we certainly were not top 10 right so you weren't you weren't being considered as a as a possible winner or even a medalist like you were you were considered as a, as a hopeful finalist in your first olympics and that wasn't our mentality everyone else's mentality was that uh you know Oh, Caesar's going to be great. Our mentality is we're going to be extraordinary, right? We had a different, again, it was a different mentality, yeah. and that's the way we kind of united. And so I, I knew to myself, I knew I said, okay, I got to do some things here where he's got to also, he's got to understand that we went when we go into the village. There's going to be so many distractions that it can it can distract away from that feeling of being going there to be extraordinary, right? Like you can you can walk into an Olympic village and see, you know. LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, like you can walk in and see these people and think to yourself, I'm not worthy right like that can be your thoughts. So I was I was thinking to myself, well I have to create these thoughts for him before he walks into the village and sees all these people and thinks to himself, well maybe I'm not worthy right So that's the idea behind it. So we go we go down to the busy street in Macau and I ask you to visualize yourself winning the race and being an Olympic champion and and at, the, at at the start I could see that you're uncomfortable. Right, and it wasn't. It wasn't like a. You were like, "Oh, this is weird, Brad." Like, I'm. I don't know. And and then, we start walking. We start going, and you and I start walking behind you. And I just start to see your body language change. I see. I see the way that you your your thoughts. I can actually see yourself thinking. You know. And then by the end of this walk, you looked at me, and and I could tell you completely believed that you were going to be Olympic champion at that point. And that's the point for me that was a game changer. Like. I knew at that point we could walk into the Olympic village and you would be a hundred percent comfortable running into anybody and thinking I'm just as good as you. I'm worthy. I'm, I'm, I'm here to win. You know, like that's, that's the mentality I wanted. Um, So that was certainly one of those memories that I have event heat lane, name of swimmer times and places it's called swim nerd live And it allows the data and times from your actual scoreboard to be broadcast and viewed in real time on any smart TV, phone or other device. There are so many things you can do with this software. A very simple and easy to use necessity for any team or facility that is live streaming their meets results. One click on any device and they're watching your swim meet live in real time. Go to swimpractice.com to learn more um the other memory obviously is the is the one that i tell people about the about the jacket you know <laughs> um brazil brazil give us this uniform to go to Brazi- uh, beijing right they give us a, a a box of stuff you know bag of stuff and in the bag there's this winter jacket you know like full zip like full winter thing we're in beijing it's like 130 degrees you know it's it's the humidity is like out of control and, I, and we were laughing you know like why the hell would they give us a winter jacket you know like so um i remember telling you you know we we had some there was another moment actually before the jacket which which led to the jacket like we got to the pool for the first day for a warm-up and you were like i feel like shit i feel terrible this sucks blah 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 like you you were you were feeling awful um and i gave you an exercise to do do you remember the exercise i asked you to do in the pool
2: the specific exercise which i already i'm i'm going back to that moment brad i don't remember the specific
1: so the specific exercise was this i said okay all right you feel like crap i said do this for me do a 400 but i want you to stop every 50 and i want you to say one word i want you to say powerful you know think think of a word and you're like, bro, that's so dumb, it's so stupid. i was like, okay, it might, <laughs> might be dumb, right? It may be dumb, but all I'm asking is 400, and then you can do whatever the hell you want, you know? Like, we we had this relationship, you and I, I was like, you can do whatever you want, you know? So, But I'm like, just give me a 400. And I said, just do this. So I want you to say a word. I want you to say power, power, power. I want you to say strength, strength, strength. So I wanted you to do some, do some positive reinforcement because you were, you were feeling you know mm-hmm. awful and weird and yeah. that's very common right like for a 20 21 year old going to their first olympics feeling you know not ready it's it's very common so do you remember that exercise
2: oh yeah now now that it, yeah <laughs> now i remember because you actually kind of i mean we 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 didn't swim too slow it wasn't like a warm-up like mm-hmm. you asked me to go you know now with intensity like with hard intensity but like to swim like with purpose you know just count Mm -hmm. counting the strokes and like swimming with like good posture because we were that's what we were trying to do i mean just send words to the mind with Mm -hmm. good posture and not just on the wall but the entire time and Mm -hmm. and i remember doing this and i was like uh why are we doing this again like i don't i don't know like how much this is gonna help me but i was like okay like there's a guy that has been in the olympic final and He's saying it's cool to do. I was like, "This is not gonna hurt." Alright, like, let's do it. And I remember you with the with the parka too, first <laughs> in the bus, man. I was like, "You were shaking like like you know with chills and all, like being cold." And I was like, "What are you doing with that giant parka and pretending that you're cold?" Like, and I remember you you just gave me the same, the, pretty much, you know, the same phrases from before. Just like, "Hey, whatever you tell your mind, you're gonna feel like I'm actually cold."
1: And I was mm-hmm. like, "All right, yeah.
2: like so." It, so that's where we, we. That's why we have to work here, and that's what what I have to do because most of the time, that's what people don't know. Brad, like we, I mean, we got to the to the Olympics confident and all. I mean, we knew that we had done the work, but for some reason, like taper time, like we, I started to feel a little sluggish. I started mm-hmm. to, like lose mm-hmm. some power, lose the feel for the water. Right. Then the relay came along. Then. Uh, the the prelims of the hunter came along and was like and it wasn't clicking. It wasn't right, clicking, right, and right. you 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 were trying. I mean, like every single strategy possible for everything, everything for a coach to turn around. You were just like, okay, if I had to wear a parka, do it. Like you know, just mm-hmm. say a bunch of powerful words in, on the wall. Let's walk around, but like you were like I, I knew like inside of me, and, and I had that feeling too, and that and those thoughts, Brad, where like I looked at, at you and I was like. I can't let this guy down like I cannot let him down like he he's here he left his family in Auburn like he has kids he has a wife he's here with me for a month because of the time change and all the training camps and all I was like and not only he's here but like he's like he's going beyond his imagination to help me out I mean I, I gotta I gotta deliver like Hmm. i remember some of the exercises that we were doing i i didn't visualize i didn't feel anything for the powerful words but I, I looked at i looked at you and i was like i got to deliver man like this guy like he wants that metal as much as i want and maybe i feel like he, he wants even a little bit more like i gotta do it like mm-hmm. so it, it was it was important for me not only to do the exercises but to see that energy that presence that you had during that time because it yeah. put me in a spot where I was like, okay, I'm not by myself and there's a guy, I mean, willing to do anything and I got to deliver yeah. to him as well.
1: I think that's a good point actually, because I talk about these exercises and people are like, Oh, that's incredible. You did these mental exercises and and oh, they're so effective. I'm like, I don't know if they're effective, but what it did, what it did do is it told me that I cared about you, you know? And, yeah, and, and exactly. I agree with that. Like, like, you know, I, I could tell that you would look at me and you'd think, man, you're fucking crazy, but uh, I appreciate that you're being crazy for me because that means something to me. You know, if if someone's willing to be that crazy for me, I love that guy. You know, like that's the guy I want to fight for. And so like that, that was certainly a connection that I felt was deep. The other thing that I, that I did that I think was really important too, was that we had this suit issue, right? In, in Beijing where all of a sudden speedo come out with this new suit and there's a couple of there's some new suits floating around we didn't have a contract you you were not a sponsored athlete and so we were just like every single other regular athlete at the meet right you have your michael phelps's and we found out michael phelps had you know 30 new suits from from speedo we didn't have we didn't have one single suit we didn't have a a racing suit right in brazil we're like i don't know you know we, we can't get any suits like so you and I had this agreement. I said, I looked you in the eye and you were like really worried. Like, Brett, what am I going to do? I said, listen to me. I want you to go back to the hotel. This almost makes, like, makes me cry. You know, <laughs> like, I was like, I want you to go back to the, 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 the you know, um, the room. And I said, in, in, in two hours from now, I'm going to come in and I'm going to have a suit for you. No matter what, you know. And I was like, you forget it. Like, do not think about it one more second my job is to get the suit your job is to relax you know and like that's the kind of commitment i think helped us that 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 i like always remember like people people say to me like oh how how are you and caesar you know like how's your relationship i'm like our relationship like i don't have to talk to caesar for 20 more years our relationship is good man because i would kill for that guy you know like he knows it i know it he would do the same for me i would do the same for him like it doesn't have to be perfect, right? Like we don't have to be on the phone every day, but like that guy knows what I did for him and what I would do for him. And I know what he did for me in return. You looked at me and said, Hey, I don't, I feel like crap right now, but I can't fail this guy. Like that's who says that? Like people don't say that about their coach, you know? So like we had a bond. And so I remember, I remember waiting in line for this suit for hours and I'm like, I can't go back empty handed. Caesar will think I'm a failure. You know, like I gotta get this suit, right? And and I remember fighting people. Like I, I remember Speedo saying, "Oh, sorry, we don't have any suits." I'm like, "Listen, listen him, mother's like, you get me a fucking suit, or I'm gonna kill somebody." You know what I mean? Like I want this suit, damn it. So they can give us one suit, and you swam that. You swam with that one Speedo suit for the whole championship. And I remember thinking, like you were like, Brett, what if it rips? What if it breaks? What if it, you know? And I remember we had to do the relay, obviously. We had to do the the prelim semis and finals of the of the 100. We had to do the prelim semis and finals of the 50. So, like, by the time you won your Olympic gold in that same suit, you'd worn that suit, you know, seven or eight times. Like, it, it was a, an old suit at that point in time. Yeah. You won an Olympic gold in an old suit, and you're racing against people that are putting on brand new suits every time they compete, you know? people don't understand that fact either yeah right?
2: yeah well there's a pretty good investment for from speedo right <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah man i appreciate everything that you said and uh i appreciate everything I, i'm gonna go back to the beginning of the interview where you know you we were talking about being astro- the mindset extraordinary thing and all but i think now it's uh it's becoming more clear to everybody that is listening and even for us here that it's all about the team. It's all about the group of people, man. I mean, you're not going to get there by yourself. You might have the greatest mindset of all. You're not going to get there by yourself. And you're not going to get there with an excellent team. You need extraordinary mm. people around you. And mm. like like you were describing now, like, we were, we were a, a group of people like you, me, and, I mean, people in Auburn and all where we everybody was delivering their very very best like you were you were in the line for a suit and it's like i'm not here for a swimsuit like i'm here to get like a piece of tool that's gonna you know change our lives you know Mm. this is this is the tool that's gonna make us olympic champion and and i was you know in the bedroom just resting because i knew i had to prepare the the machine I, i need i need to to get rested and all and it was a team effort all, uh, you know, all around. I mean, if we go back from all the efforts that you tried to get me to a, a more positive thinking to the swimsuit, to the talks that we had, to, you know, everything that we've done, it was a team effort. And, uh, I mean, the, the Beijing Olympics was so special in so many ways. Not not only, I mean, the, the, the games were crazy. I mean, all everything that, you know, the the people in China you know, build it's it's mm. outstanding. It's out of this world. I mean, everything just made it so much special. But I, I remember we, uh, f- like we were talking about this partnership and everything that we've done, because I mean, inside of us, we we believed we've we we were there at our very best. We believed we were there to compete, even though we were not top ten in anything. Yeah. But it was like, man, like you're, you're I mean, nothing you know, besides the extraordinary, we're, we're doing, we have one suit. Okay. So that's what we have. We're not going to cry about what's the solution, how we can move forward. This is how it's going to work. And we could, you know, just keep crying for, you know, the entire meet and not even complain all the time, but we were like, okay, so this is what they're going to give us. Okay. We're ready to fight back. And yeah. And I I mean, I, I couldn't, I mean, that honestly, Brad, like I I couldn't imagine like a better. A better partnership, a better person by my side, and like you said, not only at that time we were ready to fight for each other. I mean, we're ready to fight for each other the rest of our lives because it's so much stronger than than saying anything. I mean, we, we can say so many words here in the podcast, but it's different than than the the feeling that we have. I mean. When I see you and it's you know I, I imagine it, it's the same for you when I see pictures from the Beijing when I see the medal yeah I'm like this is not this is not a medal this is not a race this is like this is a partnership that you know we put our you know sweat tears everything that we had to make yeah. this work and it's so much more powerful than just being the best in the world I think that's what I you know that's why I keep saying you, you gotta go for your very best. And that's what we were doing because winning is fun, but finding out how much you can take, how much can you go, like yeah. it's it's so much more. It fulfills so much more. And I feel like that Beijing Games. It was fun to win and everything, but it was for me especially. Like and I, I imagine for you is the same. Like we're like, I, I always imagine this for myself, like being that good and being the best in the world, and it actually happened like we we made it happen like we we paid the price to sacrifice ourselves to sacrifice our families to get to this point and make this work and it's a it's it's hard man i mean like like what i was saying before i'm trying to put in words like for the for that moment but only like uh, i'm not even talking about being the best in the world but like people that have you know that feeling in, in in their lives where like they feel like they've done their best and there's that satisfaction where this is like you just think like this is what I am. This represents me. Like this is what I can do. And man, that feeling is better than anything. And yeah, uh, like yeah, you were just—I mean—being the greatest partner that I could ask for the for the Olympics. And uh, I'm just—I mean, honestly, like I'm, I'm just glad we had that shot at the at the hundred freestyle in lane eight because I don't know what would have happened. If if we didn't get to the final in the in the hundred, because that was the yeah. that was the turning point. I mean that that day was a turning point when you went to my room. I was laying eight. I, I didn't think I made it to the final. Like or, you remember I left the pool and I was like, okay, I'm done. Like, you know, right. I'm fifth, I'm fifth in the first semifinals. Four guys are gonna beat me in the next five in semifinal. I'm ninth, maybe tenth. I'm yeah, like, you I'm just out. picked up and left. I was like, I was like, Brad, I'm out. Like this is it, like the, the Olympic dream is over. Like I'm fifth in my heat, like I'm done, like this is not gonna happen, like I'm out of the final. And the hundred freestyle, it's it's interesting how it works. It was the best race for me at that Olympics mm. because I was fourth at the World Championships in Melbourne a year before. Mm. And I, I mean, I remember just talking to Michael Clean, like you set me up to talk to Michael Clean before the race, and uh, I remember looking at the at the podium with Manini, Britt Hayden, uh, and. And Sullivan was there, too, in third. And I was like, man, I, like, I'm like, i as good as those guys. Like, what do I have to do next year to, to reach that podium? And when I saw the semifinals, like, I, I remember going back and looking at you and you're like, Brad, like, it's over. Like, the Olympic dream is over. Let's uh, just focus on the 50 and see what, what we can do. And once we were leaving, I remember you talking to me like, hey, what about, how do you like lane eight? I was like lane eight like what are you talking about like yeah just three guys beat you like you're lane eight and i remember man i had this crazy negative Mm -hmm. mindset at that time i remember oh Mm -hmm. awesome Mm -hmm. they're gonna Mm -hmm. give me the lane eight the lane of the losers
1: yeah you did i remember you were so so negative and so i I was so happy to tell you hey you made the final you're in lane eight and and what i got back was like this this negativity like like you were You know like you were disgusted and i was like i was so like upset with with the way that you were responding i remember that was the
2: first time during the entire time brad that i saw you just like you were kind of sad or maybe a little disappointed with me because i was like yeah awesome lane eight i was like the lane of the losers the lame of the shame like like what what is this like nobody wins from lane eight and i remember you looking at me like like no like this is not you this is i mean just go back to your hotel Marinate in that yeah. negative mindset that you are right now. Just, mm-hmm. I mean, enjoy you know the negatives, <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, you have you have an Olympic final tomorrow. I mean, just regroup, find a way to regroup. And I remember the day after when we woke up, you went to my room. I was already awake, and I remember you threw me the 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 jacket for the podium, mm-hmm. and I was like, Brad, like, well, What are you doing? Because it was funny, man. I had a dream that night that I that I got third, but I was like, I don't want to talk to anybody about it because I'm lane eight. Come on, I'm like I'm lane eight. Who gets a, a medal from lane eight? Nobody. <laughs> and I and I dreamed I was I was third, and I was like, man, I like a dream that I was third. And I woke up. I was like, what a dream. But I'm lane eight, man. This is never <laughs> gonna happen. And I'm sitting there. You throw me the jacket. and It's like, hey, I'm taking the the podium clothes for you. And I was like. Why are you doing this? Like, I'm late Nate, man. Let's wake up and wake up in the reality, like in the real world, okay? This is not happening. And I remember, like, the, the turning point, man. It's funny how it works because, like, I also focus on that metal. Like, I wanted that you you know how much I want it. Like, I, I didn't even know the color of the metal. Like, I, I didn't want it to win necessarily. Like, uh, well, of course I wanted to win, but I was, like, a bronze medal, kind of, like, it, it brings me everything that I want, and like it kind of makes my my career have a meaning, you
0: know. Mm, mm.
2: And uh, I remember when we were walking to the to breakfast, like I was like, man, like I'm tired of how I'm swimming. Like I'm tired. Like I swam the really, I swam the prelims, I swam the semifinals, I swam badly. Like if I try the same routine, a fourth time is gonna be bad again. Like, I cannot do the same thing. I, like, I'm not that dumb. Like, I'm not that stupid. Like, three times went bad, four times are going to go You know, it's going to go bad mm-hmm. as well. I got to change. And I remember that I, I started to do the warm-up much different than I was doing before. I remember, like, I was doing, like, a like a longer swim. And it, you stopped to to me at the, war, at the warm-up. I was like, hey, what are you doing? I was like, man, I, I'm, I'm just listening to my body. Like, it feels like my body needs a 300 kick. 300 Mm. power and I don't know like I need to swim more I need to find a way to to change but the turning point was was that breakfast man where like you saw like I wasn't comfortable at that at that morning and you're just like hey you want to put in some headphones let's uh listen to some music like just stay like in your space I was like man that's an awesome idea because a lot of Brazilians were coming and tapping me in the back and all and Mm. like hey you have a final today just like hey just put on your headphones and just let people know that you don't want to be disturbed. I was like, that's an awesome idea. So I put on the headphones, but I'm not listening to anything because my mind is exploding, man. Like once we were walking to breakfast, I was like, man, I'm tired. I I feel feel like everybody has these moments, man, where just like, okay, enough. Enough is enough. I'm done being bad. Like, I'm not that bad. I'm not a bad swimmer. Like, why am I lane eight? Like why am I not swimming well? Like I'm seeing people going 47 too. I'm, like, going like crazy to go 47.9, like, no, like, this is not who I am, this is not my result, this is not what we worked for, you uh, know, and, and the turning point was when I asked, Brad, it, it's crazy, I was like, and it, it, I know it's gonna sound so simplistic, but it, it's the truth, I was like, what do I must, what do I have to do, what do I must do to change, how do I unlock the guy that I know is inside of me, how, how do I get this guy out of me, and at that moment, man, like so many answers started to come up. Like, I could change what I was going to eat for breakfast. I could change the warm up. I could change the race strategy. I could change the maybe the underwater, maybe go, you know, longer in the, the underwater of the turn. Maybe I could, you know, change like we would, we talked like the pace of the breath, maybe go four, you know, strokes to a breath and come back two to one. Like, I had so many options that I was like, man, I'm going insane. Like, I, I need to find the right solution for this. And, uh, once we got to the pool like i couldn't stop thinking it felt like i, I don't know i drank 10 red bulls at that morning <laughs> and it was only because of one question man it, it's it's crazy how uh, our like our mechanism of of thoughts work because mm. it's just what we're doing is just asking and answering questions but what i learned that day is that you got to ask quality questions you got to ask the right questions and until that point i was asking what do i have to do to get a medal what do i have to do to get a my like how i'm going to react when i get a medal and it was like what kind of question is that like what what do you get from it and that morning once i asked what's the result i'm after like what's the outcome what's our outcome today and then i started to find solutions and i was like man like this is crazy i gotta i gotta pick the right one and I went to the pool, it was the first time, and I, I remember talking to you about it afterwards. I was like, I saw the starting block. It was the first time I actually thought of my start. I saw the water, I felt the water in my hands. I was so blind by the medal that I forgot I had to swim. You know, I forgot that I had to touch the wall top three to get a medal. I was like, man, I'm good enough. I worked hard enough. I deserve a medal until that point. It was like, no, you've got to earn the medal. And that question opened my eyes to, man, you got to do what, you know, what you do best and take one step at a time and actually do the work. I mean, just see things as they are. Don't Mm make it, don't make them bigger. Don't rush things. And that question, man, I know it's, it's crazy to think, you know, such a simple thing can change our lives. But I was like, man, what do I have to do? What do I have to do to unlock my, my, my real potential that I know is inside of me? And that morning, the focus was completely different. Like, I didn't think of the medal once. I remember talking to you before the race, and I was like, look at that final. Like, I was like, there there are three guys that are amazing here that I I don't think I can touch them. And they were Sullivan Bernard and Peter. And I was like, those three, man, they are, I felt like they were on a different level. And I told you, I was like, I'm going to finish fourth. I think I'm going to finish fourth today. And I remember you looking at me like, hey, like yesterday you were about to like destroy the lane eight. Now you're talking about being fourth. And I was like, yeah, I think I, I think I, that that's what I have in my mind right now. And we didn't get, we didn't finish fourth. We finished third. Mm-hmm. I mean, tied with Lisek. So it's crazy, man. But in the end, it's all about what you execute, what you do. You know, it, in that moment, just taught me, you know, how to you know talk to your to your mind to your to your head to really direct your your mm-hmm. your thoughts your focus to what matters because in the end you got to execute you got to do it and you know thinking about the medal, it wasn't helping me at all and that morning i was like okay think about your performance and that's how i it, it was interesting because i left that, that that pool with the bronze and i said on national tv now i'm gonna win the 50. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah, I remember yeah. telling you afterwards, and I was like, yeah. man, like, oh man, I was way too excited, man. I think I've it's not good. I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's national TV, man. <laughs> and uh but I mean, just like like you, man, like I just felt like I unlocked something that like I discovered the blueprint of something within me. Not this is not for everybody. Some people might, you know, say many different things to direct their focus. But for me, it was like, Man, like I know how to manipulate my mind now. Right, that morning right. that morning I was like i I have this power man to to change my thinking with one question right and I right. started to think of it it was interesting because like uh, we were going to have lunch and stuff like some other stuff and I was like listen to this question what do I feel like eating what do I must eat I was like mm. one one word man look how much it changed the experience mm. and I and I started to play with this and I was like man like this those things about questions for me. Mm-hmm. It was like, man, like I gotta find a way to really manipulate my mind for everything. And then the 50, I did the same strategy, just you know, every time I was nervous, every time, you know, something took my focus away, I was like, what's the outcome we're after? What's the outcome we're here for? And it, it brought me back. It brought me back all the time. And uh that's how I pretty much viewed my career.
1: It's crazy. Yeah, like I mean You and I hoped that this would be a good podcast. I think you just took it to the best podcast of all time by by what you just said. I mean, it's, it's the most powerful thing I've ever heard a swimmer say on this podcast. So like if people don't play that in repeat and learn from that, I mean, that could be, that could be a book, man. You can put that in a book and and it's history right there. So thank you for diving that deep and being that open. Um, I mean, I think it's huge and it's so accurate too it's almost like um, you know you describe this I, I think of you know spider-man when when he gets bitten by the spider and he wakes up and he's sweating and he and all of a sudden he's got webs coming out of and, and he can't figure out what the hell's going on you know like he's it's like trying to figure it out trying to figure it out and all these crazy things are happening and then and then all of a sudden he has this moment where he's like he, he figures out he can stick to a wall and swing and, and, and he discovers his superpower. And that's exactly kind of the process that you were going through yeah. for me. It was like, you couldn't figure this thing out. You couldn't figure this thing out. And then under the most stress, under the most pressure, under the time that you needed to pull it out of yourself, you, you got to a point where you're like, I've got to find the answer. Like you said, like I can't do, I can't do a 400 the way I did it just three times in a row. Like number four can't be like that. And so like you're at a point where you're about to break and and the breaking point for you is discover discovering, right? Like like this light bulb goes off and you have this moment of like, oh, that's my superpower. You know, and then you come out of this hundred freestyle, and I remember like the first thing you said to me. Like it was so strange. Like I wanted you to talk about the the event and the and the bronze. And the first thing you say to me is like, Brett, we're gonna win the gold medal in the 50. Like that's the that's your first thought. I'm and I think to myself, okay, my job is done.
2: You know, like I was like, I'm done.
1: You know, like I can I can step back and watch now. You know, like before I felt like I was I was molding and 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 pushing and holding yeah. your hand and like and it was like trying to get you to understand your superpower, like, like, cause I could see your superpower. I'm like, easy you have a superpower you you have something that these other guys don't have and it was us trying to me trying to like make you aware of it and then as soon as you had that awareness I'm like okay my job is done like I walked around that village for the next 24 hours like the coolest most relaxed coach on earth you know I was like I don't have to do anything now guys you you guys are in trouble you don't know what's coming I've seen this guy you know I've seen him in the in the training pool like I know what's about to happen here you know, you, you have no idea what's coming. And like, you had total control, you know, that you wake up the next morning, you break the Olympic record in the, or, you know, that night actually. So you, you yeah. swim the, the final of the hundred in the morning and a couple hours later, you know, you come out and break the Olympic record. And I remember the field was a little sluggish, you know, like the field who, the, these guys who are supposed to be the fastest swimmers in the world were a little sluggish coming off the hundred and things like that. And I remember you were sharp and you bang, you break the Olympic record and you come out, you're like, we're going faster. Boom. You know, the semifinal the next day, you, you break the Olympic record again. And then to me, it was like, okay, all we've got to do is turn up and, and do this thing. And I, I remember thinking to myself, like, just step back, Brett. Like, you know, you've done, you've done everything you need to do now. Now just step back and let him go. You know, it's almost like, you're holding onto a horse and then you kind of let the reins go and you let the horse run and that was that was the best coaching i could do at that point Of like get back you know you're not the center of attention anymore brett move back let this man do his work and that's the difference you know between having having um a superstar like yourself if, if is let you let you be the superstar you know it's not about me anymore this is you and this is where i take so much pride in in your performance and and who you are and how you did it because at that point, it wasn't me anymore. You know, like I'd done all my coaching. This is all Caesar Cielo now. This is where you become the greatest swimmer, sprinter in history by going out there and doing what you did. You know, it's not about Brett Hawke anymore. I had my chance four years earlier, and I couldn't do what you did. You know, I I swam in the final and I finished sixth, and that was that's the best I could do. I'm not you, you know. And this is where you be you you create separation with people like me who are really really good swimmers but I'm not the best in the world. And then this is, this is where you cement your legacy, you know? And I I remember, um, I remember, you know, right before you, you walk to the ready room, you know, I I tell people this all the time. Like you just looked at me and you're like, I'm about to win the gold medal. Like, like there was no, you, you, you didn't have any last minute thoughts of like, Hey, what should I do? It was just like, like you, you did your warm up. We're walking to the ready room. I give you a hug, you look at me like I'm about to win the gold medal. And you just go, and and you did. Um, and it was it was crazy. I do remember you telling me that after the race, you're like, Brett, like, because you look so in control to me. For someone that had never been in lane four in an Olympic final before, like, you looked in complete control. I remember you said to me after the race, you're like, Brett, I couldn't feel my hands. <laughs> like my hands were numb. I couldn't feel anything. I'm like, oh, I couldn't tell. You look like you're in control, you know what I mean? So
2: yeah, I appreciate it saying all that, that, Brad. But I mean, it's not like I, uh, I, I, I felt like you, you took a little, you know, step back on the, on the, on the coaching role. But I mean, I, it, like I said, and in, 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 I, I, will repeat it until I die. Like this is a team effort. I, I, I know when it comes to the final, it's all about the swimmer, and executing it, executing it like at the right time and just in the right way but everything that we've done like if i don't know if you had it planned but like it felt like it was perfectly planned
1: swim angelfish swim angelfish is an online certification program that strengthens your teaching curriculum to serve swimmers of all abilities swim angelfish will prepare you and your instructors with the skills to teach swimmers with autism physical disabilities, anxiety, sensory and motor conditions, and more. Learn to teach skills faster and with more comfort with Swim Angelfish. Apply for an only alpha pool product scholarship and receive up to 50% off your certification. Go to SwimAngelfish.com today to apply.
2: I did the same thing. Like after the 100, I remember going back to, to our, our our the Brazilian area and being like okay this is so much different than it was i don't know 15 minutes ago because was like i was a dark horse and just trying you know it's a crazy result and i'm gonna win the 50 now like this is crazy man because i was like i'm not like i i went from the, the underdog position to the favorite for the 50. Mm-hmm. at least in my mind i'm not saying people thought of it like or anything like that but in my mind i was like you know there's the world record holder still in the race which was Eamon uh, Sullivan, uh, Bernard was swimming really well. And I was like, okay, I'm one of the favorites for, for the 50. And, and now it's different. I don't have to beat a lot of people. I, I just, I have to not let myself beat myself. I mean, I, we're going to lose to ourselves. That's, that's what I thought for the 50. I mean, the hundred, I felt like I had to dig very deep to, to find the result. And I mean, I, like I, like I said before, like I, I feel like I unlocked something inside of me that like I, I could manipulate my mind easier. I could you know just control my performance much easier. And then when I, when I went to the fifty, I was like, this is all about controlling and not letting ourselves just beat ourselves. I mean, the race is there. Just do your thing and and let the, the result play out. I mean, let the scoreboard take care of itself. Just do your very best. Take care of of the performance and. Uh, it's weird, man. It's one of those moments that you, like, I, I never looked back. Like, I mm-hmm. remember, like, when you were saying, like, uh, you were just walking around the village, like, smiling and, and easy and all. Like, I've never, I never felt so light in my life. Like, the mm-hmm. whole time I was walking around, it felt like it took, I don't know, like, a thousand pounds off my back. For mm-hmm. some reason, like we put so many crazy thoughts and pressure in our heads, man. Like, that day, it felt like it took, like, a giant weight off me. And it's interesting how it works because I remember a few years later, Eamon came talk to me. He was like, man, that that podium in the hundred, like when you you came to the to the podium area, I saw you crying. Like you are more excited than I am, and I'm silver medalist. Like he's mm-hmm. like, I never really understood that. Like, and I was like, man, like uh, I don't know. Like that was that was the moment that I felt like maybe for the first time in my life, I've done something meaningful with my 100% effort, energy, intensity. And I just felt proud of myself that morning with that bronze medal. Mm. And it unlocked everything, Brad. And then from there, it was like, let's just control everything. The the, the gold is within our reach. And let's do our thing and and not drop the ball. I mean, this is what, Mm. what we've done. It wasn't anything crazy. I remember you coming, talk to me before the race with the you had a list of, like, the best times of all time in the 50. And I remember for the semifinals, you came with a list, and you're like, hey, Caesar, you are 10th, I don't know, something like that, 12th in the, like, best times of all time. You want to clear it up? Like, you want (laughs) to just make your name, you know, worthy? I was like, all right, that's a good challenge. So we were not thinking about the semifinals of the Olympics. Mm. Like, you put me in a spot where I was like, okay, like, those guys ahead of me it's time to put my name on top of them like you Mm -hmm. know so i went to the semifinals, and i was like i'm not 10th in the the world of all time like no like the olympic finals tomorrow today is the day that i'm gonna set myself between the very best in in the history of the event Mm. and then in the the morning of the of the final it was interesting man because i don't think i've ever felt so nervous in my life i I remember telling you man like i don't feel my nose i don't feel my face i don't feel my Mm,
0: hands yeah
2: and i remember going to the starting blocks and it was so dry man i i I still have the picture of that blue dry starting block Mm. and i was like i'm not messing with water today like i'm not touching the pool before i get in because i was like i'm gonna leave half of my skin in that block like Mm. i'm gonna push it so hard that my feet is gonna finish bleeding. Like, I don't care. And I remember after the race, you talking to me like, hey, you never did your routine, like where you played with water, like you threw water in your chest. And I was like, man, like, no. Like, this is the day I was gonna, you know, we're gonna play it safe, but smart at the same time. And I I remember like kind of changing a little bit the game, but it's interesting, man. Like, uh, so at least in my, like in my own head, in my own life, at that moment like i was in control of of Mm. what i was doing it it really felt like i was in control and i remember feeling from you that like yeah we are in control of this i mean we don't know if you're you're gonna win because you know we don't know what everybody else is gonna do but i mean our performance is gonna be amazing and Mm. even though if somebody's gonna beat us they're gonna have to swim really really fast and that's what i thought too and i was like man we're in control just let's deliver and control the, the nervousness and everything that is around it. And it was, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it really, I mean, those moments are hard to put into words, man. It's, uh, it's crazy. I mean, just thinking about it, you were saying things before I, st- I almost started to cry here because it, it takes me back to, to that moment. And it, it's so special, man. It's, it's crazy to, you know, I, I just, I wish everybody that is listening I don't know if it's going to be in swimming or somewhere else. I, I really wish everybody can have, you know, an experience like that because it's life changing. It's, it's crazy, man. I mean, feeling proud of yourself, feel fulfilled, feel like you're, because at the same time, bro, Like I remember the first time I thought once I win, I won the Olympics, I was like, man, this is so important for my country. I thought, man, I'm going to start crying here because I was like, I, I never swam because swimming was the love of my life. I'm going to put this way. Swimming was, was a way to express what I wanted to express in my life. And it was a vehicle for me to really do the things that I want to do. I mean, I could have been a volleyball player, a tennis player, maybe, you know, some other profession. But swimming allowed me to, to really do the things that I wanted to do. You know, challenge myself, challenge others, compete. See how much I can take it. See how much I can take pressure. And I, I mean, we grow up here in Brazil and South America, man, thinking that it's impossible to beat the Americans in swimming, thinking it's impossible to beat the Aussies in swimming. And I, I man, I never understood that. I was like, man, why, why we can't, why do we have to lose to them? Like, no, they have a pool with water in it. They have a mind that thinks. They have their hands to pull the water. Why are they so much better? And I remember, Brad, like it's it's so crazy, man. Like, oh man, speaking about it, it's gonna go crazy. (laughs) I remember looking at uh, watching the U.S. trials for the for the Athens Games, Mm. the U.S. Olympic trials for 2004, and I was 16 at the time. And I remember those guys swimming so fast, man. Like watching on TV, they're swimming so quick, world records, best times in the world. Like, the third guy that is not going to go to the Olympics could actually win the Olympics because he's so good. And I was like, I think everybody has one of those moments, man. Like, I felt so bothered watching that, that U.S. Olympic trials because I was like, man, there's something in the universe that I don't know. There's something in the universe that they know, and we have no idea how it works, and we have no idea what it is. And I looking at that TV, man, I remember, man, like... No, this is the, like they—they they know something that we don't know. It's—it's it's just as simple as that. And I was so bothered, and I, and I remember talking to my friends, like watching with me, and I was like, "Man, are you, aren't you guys bothered by this?" Like, <laughs> they're like, "Whoa, well, what are you talking about?" I was like, "No, like, there's something they—they do or they know that we—we we are completely ignorant about it. We—we, we, they're human beings. What do they know that we don't? Like, and that question, and I believe, man, that question, that." drove me for so many years. And that's why I went to the to the US. because, was like, I got to see it firsthand. Like, mm. what do they do? Why are they so much better? And then once I got there, I understood the environment that was built around Auburn. You know, everything that was stimulated and motivated mm. within our team. Then I started to ask, you know, like why there's only one gold medal if there's so many great swimmers? Cause I was like, man, I, I'm looking at Fred. I'm looking at George. I'm looking at Kirsty Coventry. So many great swimmers in Auburn. I was like, man, those guys, they are so good. How one just one wins a medal between, you know, those eight guys in the final? Like, how can you beat someone so great? And that question was the next phase of my life. Because once I got to Auburn, I started asking this question. I was like, man, because, again, like I saw the Americans, I knew it wasn't the swimming pool they swim in. I knew it wasn't the, Mm. you know, anything besides what they were doing. Mm. And then once I asked, started que- asking questions about, you know, why only one swimmer gets the gold medal, I started to see, especially from those great, the great swimmers that we had in Auburn, a few things that were different, man. And I was like, man, not necessarily different, but they did things better. And I was like, I'm going to apply this to my life. And that's what I did, man. Like from 2006 all the way to the end of my career... I applied those lessons that mm-hmm. I learned mm-hmm. from, from Fred, from George, from Kirsty, from so many great guys from Auburn. And pretty much, like, what I learned from them was that details are key for everything. I mean, you, you, it's not about paying attention to details. You've got to be obsessed with, with details. I mean, mm. it's crazy. You've got to be crazy about that one 100 of a second, not only in the race, but every day. Like, you got to reach in. You remember that day that we had the 15-meter pool set up?
1: i tell that story all the time man
2: and i didn't leave like i i I actually tried to leave like maybe three or four times but i ended up coming back i remember like one of the times i went all the way to the bathroom and i came back i was like no i'm not done set up again turn on like i'm back because i was not gonna leave that pool until i reached that 539 15 year like 540 i did 540 like i don't know like six times like no it's not 539 and we gotta do 539 yeah and uh I learned that from them, and I I was like, man, you gotta be obsessed with details. You gotta, like, like I said, we gotta. You have to have a crazy team around you. And I took those lessons to me from PK. So many lessons as well. And uh, in the end, I was like, man, like you, you pretty much like you, you have to live an extraordinary life. Every choice you do, you make, everything that you do. You have to, you know, because we can lie to ourselves. I can lie to you here. I can lie to my parents, but once you look in the mirror, like there's no lie. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, that's what I wanted the most. I was like, I want to look at myself, look at myself in the mirror, and be like, okay, this is this is what I am. This is what I do. I'm honest. I'm just being, you know, sincere with everything. I'm doing what I believe. And I know, you know, some people may find it uh, arrogant or may find it, you know, annoying. But when it comes to winning the world championships and the Olympic medal, I mean, you can't ask for permission, man. You got to go there and do it. And for me, I know sometimes, like, people are not happy with me. But I was like, I'm not trying to, you know, be friends with anybody. And I'm not trying to hurt anybody. I'm just looking for the 100%. Right, yeah. can can reach and believe in. Yeah. I think that's what uh, that,
1: people so misunderstood sometimes is like, oh, C- Caesar's whatever. You know, they had a certain opinion of you, and 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 your opinion was like, look, it's it's not, it's not necessarily personal. I mean, I I don't like you. You would disagree with people's way of life because they didn't live to the same standard that you lived to, right? Like you, you would be judgmental, and people would look at that as like oh Caesar's an asshole. he thinks I'm this and he thinks I'm that I'm like but you would you would look at them and say I don't judge you because of who you are as as a person I, ju- I judge you on who, who you think you could be like you yeah. you know you looked at people and you saw unlimited possibilities and they looked at themselves and saw limitations you know and you were like like that would irritate you. Like you would look at yourself yeah. and you'd say, I don't have limitations. Like, why are you looking at yourself like that? And people couldn't understand that. And it caused like this conflict. And it was like, especially good people. Like you would look at them and be like, "You like you, would, it would almost like you would lose respect for people because they didn't have respect for themselves in a way kind of thing. Yeah. You know? So like that, that kind of thing was big. Yeah. Um. I guess, I guess the big turning point, uh, in terms of your your legacy right like is is these world records right like you win the olympic gold that that changes history first time in brazil's history by the way that any swimmer had ever won olympic gold so i imagine back in brazil the the impact that had and and if we look back on now like we look at where brazilian swimming was before 2008 and and where where it went after 2008 the impact like the the Marcelo they didn't even exist unless Cesar Cielo comes along, right? And has this Olympic win. You know, Marcelo's sitting at home and, and sees you and says, I want to be like him. And then and then he goes on to be, you know, one of the best Brazilian swimmers in history. Sprinters, you know, makes makes world championship finals, Olympic finals, things like that. So but that came from you, you know, like and so like the impact that you had on Brazilian swimming is like immeasurable in that sense but yeah. like i guess in terms of your legacy right like 2009 is kind of where you solidify yourself obviously because you you become the fastest swimmer in history in both the, the 50 and the 100 so i think it's important that we kind of just look at that real quick and yeah and i hope people understand like this was always going to be a long podcast we're, we're going to talk for a while so you better <laughs> you better buckle up you know <laughs> there's a lot to talk about yeah. um well Let's do this then. Let's touch on the training a bit because I'm sure people wanna wanna know what you were doing. Is Is there things that you remember that you that you liked to do that that were were good for you that that got good results for you in training? What was the type of training you were doing?
2: Well, I think I think after the the Olympics, Brad, like like we changed. Like that that's what I say. Like when people always they keep asking, like, well, what kind of training you did? Like it wasn't very much different for the the Rome championships than we did for Beijing. Mm -hmm. But we were different people. I mean, those Mm -hmm. 47 seconds in 100, those 21 seconds in the 50, they they changed us forever. Mm -hmm. So the way I I was looking at things, the way you were looking at things, the way you were operating as a coach, the way I was operating as a swimmer, we, we can talk about like the workouts not being very different, but the approach was completely different. Mm. And I mean, I, the talks that we had, I mean, I, you know, the bond that we had was even stronger. We we were not having swimmer coach discussions. We were having like almost like business talks, like, hey, it's let's break the world record in 100 now. What do we have to do? I mean, I wanna help you, you wanna help me. I mean, we're together in this and we believe we can. Like let's let's make this work. Let's you know, set up a plan, you know, to at least put ourselves in that position. And I would never had a talk like this before, I mean, before the Olympic Games. I mean, you yeah. would give me the workout, sometimes I would say, Hey, I don't really like this, let's change this. And mm-hmm. for two thousand and nine, like we we had an open open conversation for the entire time. I mean it was, it was crazy, man. How, I don't know, like how communicating to you helped you really, you know, go to the workout and, and change some specifics for me because I was actually verbalizing that stuff mm. to
0: you. And mm-hmm.
2: uh, before you, you were just following, you know, your instinct and now you, you really had the, the information. And it was funny because like that's when I really started to study more you know, the, the sports science side of things. Mm-hmm. I started to study more of the p stuff, the neurolinguistic stuff, because I was like, man, after I left the games, the Olympic games, I was like, there's something, like, powerful behind what I did. Like, and I want more people to do it, because I was like, if I did, like, there's more people that can do it too. Like, mm-hmm. there's, the, I, I want to find how the, the explanation works. Like, I want to be able to communicate to people to do it so more people can be successful and uh and i started working to uh, study more of the sports science too so I, I think i i was verbalizing it better for you i mean mm-hmm. i was like man today i felt like this in the point. and it wasn't like hey i'm tired it was like hey muscle burns like i'm about to throw up like right. at that part of the set i felt this at that part i felt that like i feel like if we change this my body's gonna react this way and and i felt like you were just a sponge you're just like okay so that's what you what you want to do like the workout's going to be harder but that's what you ask for, and I'm going to design it. Mm. And you came back, like, with some designs that, like, sometimes I looked at at, at the workouts on the board, and I was like, yeah, that's pretty cool. And then once I finished, and I remember, man, 2009, if people had to, you know, have an answer for this, I remember getting out of the pool so many times and saying, Brad, I feel like a better swimmer today. Mm. Like, I'm leaving this pool better than I got in. Mm. Like, I'm leaving, I'm leaving... The, the you know the pool complex and I'm a better swimmer like it's yeah. it's crazy like I, I don't know how to you know explain this but I was like I'm like this workout may be better like I'm mm. pulling more water I'm holding more water I'm stronger like my body position is better and this is I mean we just kept going I mean so the yeah. quality of the works the workouts were insane for 2009 I don't like I remember just a few workouts where I left and I was like man today wasn't very good but I would say like ninety-eight percent of the workouts I left, right. and I was like, "Man, like I'm a better right. swimmer today." Like right. Right. this, this—it's inside of me. Like I'm a better, faster swimmer now. And having the 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 opportunity to train with George, with Target, with Fred was also, I, I believe, a very a very important part of it because, right. I mean, you, you cannot ask for a better reference. I mean, you have the twenty point nine guys swimming by your side, the twenty one one swimming by the other side, yeah. and you know if you're doing well, you're doing well. I mean, this it can it it doesn't get better than this. And so the workouts were really I felt like they were better designed for you know for my strengths, and having these references close to me, like will just made me feel confident that okay, I'm getting better, and not, it's not just a feeling like. I'm like with these guys. I can I can say like it's getting better because they're so good.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And and that was the aim, right? Like my aim as a coach was to say we we need to walk off the pool deck every day feeling like we got better. That was and and people ask me all the time like you know how do you coach? What do you do? What do you do? And that's like I always start. You know how how you you said to yourself at the Olympics in 2008, like, what do I want? You know, like that was your burning question. What do I want? Like for me every day, I'd say, well, what do I want? What do I want to achieve? And my feeling of success as a coach is I want Caesar to walk off the deck, feeling like he got better today and then wanting to come back again. You know, cause I, there were so many times where you would walk off before this where you'd be pissed off and, and I'd be like, I don't know if he's coming back, you know, <laughs> and because, because it wasn't, you, you weren't pissed off because, you had a bad workout you were pissed off because you didn't fulfill what you were capable of doing right that that upset you and i was like i don't want Caesar to walk away feeling like that i want Caesar to walk away feeling like wow brett really pushed me to get the best out of me today i feel good about that you know like that doesn't mean you you felt good walking off you could have felt exhausted you know you could have felt dead but you've you walked away happy because you had got the best out of yourself you know and exactly. that's what i wanted and so i felt like that's what we're doing i also do remember that fred played a huge role in your success in 2009 i remember fred came in and and i said to you uh, i i felt like in a way before this we were working against each other because fred was so good right like fred was fred's one of the greatest sprinters in history just like yourself yep. you know and and i and i know that you recognize that but i felt like this tension between the two of you and i the mistake that i made is i would put you in the same workouts all the time like fred and sees a friend sees a friend sees a friends and so you're always comparing against each other you're always racing each other and that was not good that that's not smart coaching right so what i learned is that okay i've got to pick my spots where i can put these two next to each other um because they're just so good you know both of them are so good and i remember um having this conversation with both of you and saying look if we work together we can go to the world championships in rome and i can't tell you as a coach i'm not going to pick fred over caesar caesar over fred that's not fair for both of you like i'm coaching both two of the greatest sprinters in history but if you both go to the world championships together and you've worked together for the the past six months i guarantee you're going to create a separation between the rest of the world and then it's just going to come down to Fr- Fred and Caesar and you two can figure it out yourselves. It's got nothing to do with me then. You know, like you figure it out. And and that's kind of the agreement that we had of like, okay, yeah, we'll work together. Now, and that's not saying that it was perfect all the time, but yeah. for the most part in 2009, I got the coaching right in terms of the when to put you together and when not to. And you two got the plan together of like, hey, when we're together, we're going to push each other to bring out the best in each other. For the most part, that worked you know, 95% perfectly, right? And so by the time we got to the world championships, in my mind, and, and this is, you know, not taking anything away from George Bavel, who's going to be listening to this. George Bavel is an incredible man, um, beautiful human, by the way, and an incredible talent. I mean, wins a wins a medal in 2004 in, in the IM and then becomes one of the fastest 50 freestylers in history. Like, come on. I mean, George Bavel's a, a freak talent, you know? But, but it was it was certainly um clear that at that point in time, you know f- Caesar and Fred were were, f- were going to be probably fighting for the gold medal, you know, um, and and you had created that separate and and even in the hundred too, it came down to that like Fred ended up winning the bronze medal. you won the gold, but um, but there's there's also certain things about you that I think are important to talk about. And and I actually heard Popovich bring this up yesterday, and it, and it's compartmentalization. Do you know what that means, compartmentalization? Not really. <laughs> so I think the thing that I tell people about you all the time that separated you is you had this ability when things when we're heading into a big meet, right? Well, and, and things are becoming more stressful because you're you're starting to taper, your body's changing, your emotions are changing, you're you're feeling weird. Like there's a lot happening, right? And and you're starting to focus in on on this exceptional performance, right? Like you're 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 trying to create separation with the rest of the world at that point. Like, okay, I'm going to this meet in three weeks, and I want to be the best in the world. And and like you said, when you line up in a final and you look across and you see George Pavel, you see Fred Biscay, you see Eamon Sullivan, for the naked eye, it's very difficult to tell who's going to win, right? Like yeah. most people say, oh, the is a crapshoot; anyone can win but you want your athlete to look across and say, I don't see anybody who can beat me. Like that's, that's what you want. Right. And this is where I think you created um, separation with yourself. Is that this, this idea of compartmentalization, I saw this multiple times with you that as the meet got closer, you started to um, push things out of your life that were not important to the performance itself. Right. Like, you know, if if you had if you had a fight with your girlfriend, if you had bills to pay, if you had um, exams that were coming up, and and whatever it was, like all these normal stresses that we have in our outside life, you had this ability just to shut it out, and and what it did is it created this freedom in, in you to relax. Like you had this pressure from Brazil, even like you're the first Olympic champion in history. Brazil's like, oh, Caesar's the greatest athlete of all time. I want to talk to him. I want to do blah, blah, blah. I sponsors, blah, blah, blah. All this stuff, right? Like the stresses that we, we see some of these athletes go through, guys like Phelps talk about it. Guys like, um, you know, Caleb Dressel talk about it now. You know, the stresses that you have. And, and you were good at compartmentalizing just to push all that away and say, I'm focusing on the performance. And I think that was a clear separator for you. Do you recognize that in yourself?
2: Well, I think, Brad, like, well, you've seen it many times. Like, I was always planning everything. Like, I would come up to you in the very first week of the of the season with a piece of paper, with a bunch of stuff written in it. Like, mm-hmm. pretty much all the weeks that we had all the way to the World Championships. Mm-hmm. And already, like, an idea of, of the plan that I had. So, I don't know, man. Like, uh, for me, like, everything was designed for... That specific day at the World Championships for me to be at my very best and to perform, and if I wasn't at my very best, at least everything else was taken care of. So, I mean, it's all for me. It's all about priorities. I mean, when it comes to to racing, man, I mean, you you can't keep you know nowadays. Like I see those young swimmers, you can keep you know just posting stuff on on the Instagram and talking to your friends on WhatsApp and expect to swim fast. You've got to concentrate. Those things, they grab your your concentration. They, you know, especially with negative, with negative things, they, I mean, they make everything bigger. I mean, they really grab your attention to, yeah. to the bad things. So, I mean, if you want to swim well, I mean, you're going to have to sacrifice your phone for a week or two. Right. And I, ne- I never had a problem with it. So I was like, okay, I'm not, I, I, I used to talk to my parents about it. I was like, man, like, mom and dad, like, you're not going to be listening for me. And if you do it, be- because it's because something bad happened. Because mm. if everything is fine, I'm not talking to you for two weeks, okay? From now to the end of the meet, like, we might see each other. I might see you in the stands. I'm going to wave. Right. right, And that's it. I'm not talking to you because I know my parents love me and all, but they used to make me a little anxious because they were nervous too. I mean, it was right, so important right. for them as well. And I was like, man, like, having these talks, like, four days before a race like i'm getting uh, like an unnecessary feeling right now like it's putting more pressure on me is making me anxious like I'm, I'm like i just gotta have to do what i have to do so again one more time that's why you, you need the best team around you and my parents were so supportive they're like okay so whatever you need just do it and we are gonna travel for two weeks later afterwards of, we, we can do whatever we can't hug each other for 10 days straight right. so But it was important for me to be open about it. So you see how, I mean, how important it is to actually follow your instincts and actually execute things. I mean, I had to talk to my parents about something that, I mean, it wasn't easy to talk to them about this. I mean, it was like, hey, I know you need tickets to get into the competition. I know you need to but I'm not going to help you. Okay. So you're going to have to buy tickets like a normal person. I'm not going to call Fina or anybody or somebody that can help.
1: Right. Right. Yes. You you
2: guys are going to have to figure out yourselves. If you don't get in the, in the stands that I'm not going to even know because we're not going to be talking. Okay. Right.
1: Yes. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Those types of things, you know? Yeah. yeah,
2: So I I try to eliminate everything that I could to, Mm. to really focus and, Right. Uh and just have in just plan ahead. I in the end you got to be 10 steps ahead of everybody. I mean, how is your life? Take care of your stuff. I mean, you want to swim fast? Oh, I always say this, Brad. I mean, how is your house right now? I mean, is it organized? Is it cleaned? You want to swim fast? You need a clean house. You need an organized bedroom, okay? If your life is a mess outside of the pool, it's going to be a mess eventually in the pool. Right. So, right. it's 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 like a lifestyle of planning and taking care of stuff so so you can have your mind to really focus on what matters and in the end you want an outcome. It's not about a medal. It's not about you know in a specific time. You, you want an outcome. You want to give your very best effort and to be able to do this because you can swim fast in a messy bed in a messy bedroom but you could be even faster. I mean yeah. that's the thing. For me it wasn't just swimming fast. I was like, I was so intrigued by, you know, finding my real potential. I was like, this is what drove me those, all of those years. I was like, how good can I be? Like, how good can I be? How fast can I be? And all the time, like searching for that one 100 of a second. And I was like, maybe it's not in the pool. I got to figure out this out in the school. I got to figure this out in my house. Cause if I, you know, do this homework of, of, of all the details in my life, it's going to help me in the pool also. So. I started to see more of the big picture after the, the 2008 Olympics, and uh, and had, like you said, having George, having Fred in the pool, it was, I mean, it, it, you could ask for a better, more competitive environment.
1: Destro Swim Towers, gain strength in the water with a tower of power. Save $150 per double swim tower by using code BRETT, B-R-E-T-T at checkout destromachines.com vasa has been the go-to training tool outside of the pool for over 30 years vasa's products are ideal for developing power and proper technique in your swimmer's catch add a few vasa trainers to your pool deck and it's like adding an extra lane to your swimming pool go to vasatrainer.com use code bread at checkout and get 10 percent off anything from vasa
2: and also, I, I mean I gotta I gotta give it to Fred. I mean, man,
1: he, he's he's a
2: gentleman. He's always been a gentleman and he's polite. And he's always the truth is, I and I'm I have to be sincere here, he's always been the bigger man. I mean, when it comes to the races, when it comes to the routine, I was the stupid young kid just trying to actually push him a little, like try to poke him. And mm. he was the bigger man most of the time. And uh and I appreciate it because it, you know some of the things i you know some days it could have been you know just a, a terrible day for the partnership for the relationship in the group and uh he, he has always been so polite so such a you know such a nice player of the game and uh and i could ask for a better partner i mean he was he was extraordinary he swam like he was one of i mean i in being honest like i was afraid of fred all the time like I saw when I saw him in the starting blocks, I was like, oh man, like this this is a crazy cat. I mean, he's he can take the race. So I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, Fred is, is an amazing swimmer. I always had respect since from the time I chose Auburn. He was one of the reasons I chose the school from the time that we started to work together. I mean, he has always been an expert an inspiration for me, a role model. Like now, I honestly think like what like what would Fred behavior be here? Like because mm. of, I I admire his his behavior so much his politeness and everything, mm. so I learned a lot from Fred and and then that partnership was also su- successful. I, I believe mostly because Fred was was smarter and, and a bigger man than I was.
1: Well, I'm glad you said that uh, freely because I was actually my next my next question was going to be about your relationship with Fred and you just went into it. So I'm I'm so glad because I understand the respect that you had for him um both early on and even even as you started to compete i mean fred was the first man to i don't know if everybody knows this because you have the world record but fred was the first man to go under 21 seconds and yeah. he went 21.93. and and part of your part of your youth and i guess kind of that that competitiveness and maybe maybe even that that part that made people uncomfortable to the point where maybe they didn't like you but like you saw 2193 as a challenge you're like and it almost pissed you off that that he got it before you did you know like he was the, he was the guy that went under 21 before you and that's again it's not a, a disrespect to Fred I mean you understood he was always capable of that you knew that and and you knew that our partnership and our, our relationship was just as strong and my belief in Fred was just as strong as it was for you because I I saw Fred as, as, as a highly talented, capable athlete too. And I, I had trouble as a coach and this is where any, any coach can learn from this. Who's coaching some of the best athletes in the world that swim the same events, right? Like it's, it's a very, very difficult situation for every coach. It's a dream, right? Like, Oh, wow. You were coaching Fred and Caesar at the same time. Absolute dream would never want to change it ever. I wouldn't take away from, but the, the, the hard part of it is I have to, I have to make Fred believe that I, that he believes that I believe that he's the best in the world and I have to do the same for you. That's, that's my job as a coach to not only get you to think that you're the best in the world, but make you believe that I believe that too. I was put in a very, very difficult position as a young coach. Like I'm only three years into coaching. And when I look back, uh, this is where I ruined our relationship in some way, right? Like, you know, you had certain thoughts about the way I thought about Fred, Fred had certain thoughts the way I felt about you, and I had certain thoughts the way about about how I felt about both of you, right, like, and, and people always say to me, oh, what happened to you and Caesar? what happened to you and Fred, like, nothing ever happened, it was just like, when you're put in a position like that, where you have to believe in somebody, there's gonna be some hurt feelings, right, like, at some point, like, you hurt my feelings, I hurt your feelings, Fred hurt me, I hurt Fred, like, that's just the bottom line where you, you're trying to be the best. And Fred goes out and he becomes the fastest swimmer in history. And you immediately say to yourself, and you look at me, and you think, Do you think I can do that? And I have to look at you and say, Yeah, of course I think you can do that. You know, like so there has to be that belief. And then you and then you say, Well, you know, Fred, if you can do that, I can do it better. You know, like that that's what you want, but it but it hurts people, you know. So it was it was the most beautiful time and it was the most difficult time, you know, because you you had exactly what you wanted, but it was it was very difficult to manage, you know. And um, did you take it that way when Fred broke the world record? Did you take it as like if he can do that, I can do it, I can do better? Is that what you is that what you thought in your mind?
2: Well, the first reaction was, uh, I mean, he's as good as I thought he was, and <laughs> not only as I thought he was, he proved it. I mean. I mean, Fred was—he was a like we were we were saying. I mean, he was on on a different level, and he knew how to grab the water. He knew how to work out. I mean, he was very mm. smart about everything. Mm. I mean, mm. in the gym, he was very conscious about his postures and how much weight he would put in. And so, I mean, for me, it was a it was a learning period because he was older than I was. He he already had broken the. The world record in the in the short in short course during that time, and then he broke it to that twenty point ninety four in long course. And mm, mm. looking looking at the looking back, I was like, man, it was a it was a learning period for me. And Fred, I mean, li- like you said, like in the end, we are all friends. Like like he, even when you were saying in the beginning of Popovich, like I want the best for you, like. Uh, And it's not like, you know, like thinking something bad or, you know, expecting something bad to happen to someone is going to make anything, is going to turn anything to bad. Like we, it's funny how people think, man, like, ah, you cannot, you know, think of those things. I'm like, like this would change anything, like what, like what's Mm -hmm. happening. (laughs) But in that case, like I, I really wanted him to be successful because he was a training partner. He was a friend in the pool, but at the same time, man, there's only one gold battle. Mm. so it's tough man it's a tough position for you as a coach it's a tough position for us to work together knowing that we are you know helping our biggest rival and uh and i remember man one day that we were working together on starts and i had this thought i was like man like i'm like i'm helping the guy that's gonna take me down like
0: Mm.
2: he is so he's a great swimmer like honestly like i saw fred as you know good or even better than I was. And I was like, man, like, ah, man, I'm helping this guy with the start. My start is better than than his. And once he learns, he's gonna take me down. And I kept we kept working for I don't know, 30 or 40 minutes. And the whole time I was like, man, what are you doing, man? You're just pretty much just digging your own grave. Like, like what's happening here? And mm. but at the end I, I remember we had that talk and I remember, like, Fred just coming, talking to me, like, and I appreciate it. I was like, man, just thank you for, you know, sharing the pool, sharing information with me. In the end, I mean, we're just trying to reach our best. And if this helps me, I, you know, appreciate, I appreciate that. you know how, how hard it is to do those things. And but just, you know, uh, know that I will do the same for you. And that that. That made me feel so good man that day because of like you know this is a, a real partnership and mm. we're we are trying to, to to take swimming to a different level it's not about like an individual result like we're mm. to, like that day I felt like we're okay we're we're taking the 53 to a different level and uh but I mean it wasn't easy it wasn't easy racing doing 25s from the blocks with George and Fred because I knew it wasn't like this is the world championship final okay like if I lose here, like my biggest rival is gonna start to get bigger and bigger in his in his head and my and you know it might be hard harder to beat in later. And so it, it was definitely a challenge for us, but I think in the end, I mean we, we couldn't have done much differently than than we have done. and I mean in the end, like the world championships, you know it's it's not even like I always say this. Like the, the results of a final are they are not necessarily you know the, the the real results of of swimming. I know we're talking about a very specific time and a very specific day, and that person performs better than the other mm. seven at that specific moment. Right. I mean, Fred. I mean, Fred could take me down anytime. Mm-hmm. I mean, if the final was the day after, he mm-hmm. would he could have won. I mean, yeah. this is just plain and simple. Yeah. I mean, I, I got the I got the touch first in the final, but if it was, I don't know, three hours later, maybe he would have won. Yeah. So, I mean, as far as swimming, talent, capability, everything, I, I mean, the, I, in my mind, I had a, a, like a, an adversary that was as good as I was, maybe even better. And I, that was the moment, 2009 was the moment that I felt like I brought everything to the table every single day because I need it. Like I was mm-hmm. like I cannot let my guard down. Like I have I have a warrior here that's not gonna make things easy, and he can take you down anytime. So the intensity of that semester was was hard, man. I mean, in the end, and I felt like 2009 in the fall. Like I needed to take things easy because that the intensity and the expectation and the level of standards for the workouts were were so intense, but. At the same time, that's the price for extraordinary. I mean, you yeah. have the world record holder with 20.9, you know, he finished second, but he was still the world record holder. Uh, you know, I got the touch in the final, George made it to the final with the third best time. So, I mean, this is, this is what happens once you have a team of extraordinary people with higher, you know, standards. And in the end, we proved that, you know, it's not easy, but you really do separate yourself from the rest.
1: Well, one of the things that separated you on that particular day maybe maybe on that particular meet too is is I remember you feeling a a very strong sense of destiny, and I don't know if that was just part of the 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 mental need that you you needed to create to to separate yourself maybe to to win right we all we all have these cr- things in our mind that we create right like Michael Jordan talks about you know he he talked about competitiveness like he would create competitiveness in his mind even if it wasn't there he would say oh that person said something about me or that person thinks they're better than me and i'm going to prove to them you know like he would just create these things and i think i think in a in a way maybe you did this but it was it was you you believed it and i remember you saying to me brett like my name is caesar i'm in rome like i'm destined to win like this is my destiny you know like i was born to win i was born to break the world record in rome like you know like and, and i was like are oh, you so crazy, crazy man <laughs> i mean you're crazy man but i but then i started to believe it too i was like oh shit maybe he's right maybe maybe he it is his destiny his name's caesar and he's he's in rome like he's about to break the world record but like i don't know it made me feel like it was true too did you remember that
2: <laughs> i do man and it, it's so i mean I, I can say it's so dumb. It almost seems like one of those cheap movies that you see <laughs> on Netflix. They're just like, God, oh man, nobody watched those movies because they're so predictable. And uh, <laughs> and then he went with my goggles uh, oh, to the fountain, to yeah, the yeah. to to the Vatican to to get in, you know, holy with the holy water and all. Mm. And I was like, it, it was a little bit too much. I mean, from mm. us uh, looking at that side, mm. but. Uh, It was definitely special to be, to have that, that competition in Rome and in that pool with that, I mean, because the the Italian people are so passionate about sports, man. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's, we're talking about like a a different way in vibrancy and energy from the stands. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was, I mean, it was one of those moments where like we were just saying stupid things that kind of make sense out of, you know, this crazy idea, but I was saying this and I was like, man, I got to be careful with, with Brad because he's coming. <laughs> I know he's coming. I knew Bernard was coming in the right, right. freestyle too. And, right. uh, and for, for their championships, Brad, I, I wanted to win the 100 because I was like, I got to win the 100 freestyle because it's the 100 freestyle. Okay. It's it's a blue ribbon event. I mean, mm. I, you got to do it. I mean, if, if you're a great sprinter, mm. you got to win the, the, the 100 also at some point. Mm. And, uh, but it's funny, man, because I mean, after that, I mean, that was the peak of my hundred. I mean, not, not just in time-wise, but like in 10, like even like focusing on the hundred and mm-hmm. concentrating and working on it was the, the only time in my life that I really was like, okay, I, I got to do the hundred freestyle as as well was, or even better than the 50. And, uh, and I remember being there and just all the, the difficulties that we had also in Rome and it was so hot mm-hmm. and. The rubber suits were so tough on us, man. I mean, we were burning before the race, mm-hmm. and uh, it was—I mean—the environment and just going up and down the stairs that we had to go all the way to the call room. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it wasn't—I mean, it was—it was—it was tough. In the end, I mean, if you—if you look at everything that was involved involved in that championships, I mean, we had so many arenas that were easier to walk around and to move around and to to you know go to the call room and to the bathroom and and everything and. Changing the suit there. I mean the, the locker room was so far away from the Brazilian area. And then mm. going to the call room was like two two storages down. I mean, we mm-hmm. had to go two levels down walking down the stairs. And then walking back was like felt like another mile going back to the Brazilian area. Yeah. So but in the end, I mean I was aware all the time of how good the, the, the Frenchies were. I mean, Bernard, Levaux, uh, Fabian. Fred, and I knew how Fred was, too, because, I mean, he, he just swam a 21-1, I think, at the Mediterranean Games, mm. like, two weeks before. So, like, I, I, he's coming for that 20.9 again. Like, I had that in my mind all the time. So, I and I remember the day of the final, our, we were warming up. I felt dead. I felt dead that day, man. Mm. And I remember I did a 25 from the block just to kind of get things going and get the feel for the water. And I remember looking at you and just like, what do you think? I was like, okay, so I did terrible. I know for sure, because you never ask me questions. it don't save my time. And I was like, what happened? And you're just like, you want to do one more? I was like, was that, was that effort so bad? Was that, my God, what happened? You're just like, yeah, just let's do another one. And I was like, oh, my God, man, I'll have the final in... I don't know, 40 minutes, and I am i feel dead. My coach doesn't want to tell me the time of the 25. like. And I, I remember going to that race, Brett, and I was just like, just don't make a mistake, okay? The race today is about not making a mistake because I knew my legs were done from, from the 100 and from the relays. And I was tired, all the sequence of doing the 100 prelims, 100 semis, 100 finals, 50 prelims, 50 semis, I was tired just of the process of getting ready all the time, warming mm. up, getting ready, warming up, getting ready. And I was like, man, just don't make a mistake. But that it was a tough race. I mean, I everybody felt it too because the final in the end, I mean, it wasn't uh, as fast as it, as it could have been. But, I mean, it was one of those races that I, re- I really felt like I had to overcome, like, you know, this feeling of being tired and not being able to, you know, knowing that I was I was not going to perform at the level that I could, and that I had Fred, you know, not too far away from me. So, like, you know, just don't make a mistake and let's see what happens. And, but in the end, I think, you know, the, the way that we build the season and looking back now is much easier than it was in the everyday situation <laughs> in Auburn. But I think, uh, I mean, you handle it perfectly. I think Fred was was a gentleman the whole time. And I just, I just tried to, you know, help as much as I could, like I said, like with starts and, you know, pushing the workouts and, and being there, you know, with my very best to make everybody, you know, reach for their very best. So I feel like it was a, a team effort throughout the, the semester. It wasn't easy, but it was the price. I mean, if you want to do something that nobody else has done before, I mean, you got to do something that nobody else has done too. So... That's what we did. I, I don't I don't remember of a team like we had like me, George, Fred, Target, Alexi, Jakob, you coaching like a team like this. And in the end we had three of the best times in the world in the rankings. And three yeah. of you know our, our three guys were there. And so I think I think even though you were still kind of new to the coaching stage of your life, I mean you handled it perfectly. And again, I think because you brought your athlete side, your swimmer side, to the conversation. It wasn't like, "Hey, I want to talk to you about workouts. I want to talk to you about the plan." It's like, "Hey, this is how it works. You want to be a swimmer? Like, I've, I've done this. Okay, sit down, let's talk, because I want yeah. to use my experience to help you." And I think this was your your go-to card that worked every time. And because, I mean, not, not many coaches can say they went to the Olympic final, that they have international medals, and. Once you once you you talk to us about you know in this way and about your experience, uh, our our memory was so valuable to us and it helped us so much. So in the end, I mean, we have the results to speak you know for for the, for the itself and uh, an experience that it's not easy, man. It might be cool to look from the outside to work with the number one, two, and three in the fifty freestyle, but in the end, yeah. of the day. Yeah situation yeah. and challenges or it's not as fun as as it seems
1: yeah oh uh, look yeah it, it was it was brilliant like i said i wouldn't change that for the world and i think uh look i, I think that was the the point in time where it was kind of like the most satisfying point of my of my coaching career because i had the best athletes in the world but i had the freedom right like this this is the thing Like i was an assistant coach and i was i had coaches who were head coaches above me david marsh and and Richard Quick, who allowed me to just be a coach, just just be a partner with you. That's that's what they allowed me to do. I had the freedom to just be a partner with some of the best sprinters in the world. That changed after that meet, right? Like my my uh, my situation changed, my ambitions changed, my goals changed in a way. Like I just I just helped a guy win, you know, Olympic gold, World Championship gold, break world world records. So like me as a coach, as a young coach, it's like, all right, what's next? So I'm, I'm looking and, and the next is, hey, Brett, do you want to be head coach of the program? And, and that, in, that entailed taking on all the men and all the women, right? Like something I'd never done before. I'd never coached women before. I had a small group of men who are the best in the world. I'm traveling the world. I'm having fun. Now my situation's changed. So a lot of people say to me, well, what happened between you and Caesar? It was me. I was the one who made the decision to go and shift into going away from just being a great assistant, being your coach, traveling the world. To hey, my ambitions have now changed. I want to be the head coach of Auburn. I want to. Ta- I want to take Auburn to greatness. I want to start winning national championships over here, um, both men and women. So like my my situation changed. So I put I put that on you, and 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 in a way, it was like, hey, Caesar. Either you're with me or you're not. Like it wasn't. It wasn't Caesar saying to Brett. Like it was Brett saying to Caesar, "Hey, you're you're either with me or you're not." And and you were like, "I need I need more than that. Like I need a coach. I need someone who can do what you just did." And I said, "I can't provide that anymore." So, so my life went in a different direction. It wasn't like we had any fallout. It wasn't like we had any fight. Like it was just me going in a different direction in my career, and and you being the best in the world and wanting you know personal attention i couldn't provide that and so you know we decided to go ways. and this is where i think you create separation with um just being a good sprinter right like this is where you become one of the greatest in the world is that you go on to win world titles without me right like you win you win 2011 you win 2013 And you go on to win world titles without the suit. So people like, oh, Caesar was a this was a suit world record. Well, guess what? Caesar goes on and changes coaches and he changes suits and he still wins. He still wins world titles, right? Like that's why you're the greatest of all time. You know, that's why when people talk about the best sprinters, they say Popoff, they say Peter Van and Hoogenban, they say anthony urban and they say caesar's yellow like that that's just the conversation because you won over extended period of times over over different conditions different coaches different suits like you proved to be one of the greats you know what i mean so like i took immense pride in that like when you won world titles without me it wasn't like i felt like i had i had won that gold medal with you but i felt like i was with you in in the fact that we had this relationship where it's like i felt happy for you that you went on to take everything that you had learned and and put it into you know individual performances that win world titles again you know like yeah. that that you know yeah. but i also tell you this i'll be honest with you and i and, and and i think you felt this like i started coaching people who were now your competitors right like and so like Part of the same deal is like when you look at Fred, you want the best for him, but you also want to beat him. I look at you, and I want the best for you, but I also want to beat you, and that yeah. that causes strain, you know. Like, there's no way that you could possibly be competing against someone and want to beat them and not have some sort of strain, right? So, like, yeah, um, that that's what that was. But um, yeah, man, I mean, the the fact that you went on to win world titles uh, just just goes to show how. Incredible, you were as a competitor, and everything that we've talked about in this podcast. I'm so glad that you've said these things because people don't really understand your mentality. And like, I don't think I don't think they knew it; they didn't hear it. Like, they weren't intimately involved in your mentality. And when you when you know the real Caesar Cielo and you know his mentality, man, um, I, I would never bet against you. You know, like it didn't matter whether I was coaching you or not. When you when you discovered your superpower. You had the ability in finals to do something I never had the ability to do. I could swim really fast. I could compete against anybody. You had the ability to win and, and any, under any conditions at any time. And that's a superpower, man. And, and that's what separated you. Um, yeah. so anyway, I just wanted to say all that, you know?
2: Yeah, I appreciate it, Brad. I mean, honestly, like, I never thought of like being considered or being in the talk of like the best sprinters of all time like like I said like there's a side of me that I really wanted to do my own thing you know just prove to myself that I was good I, I was as good as I thought I was and like I said before too there's a side of me that wanted to show like the, the I, I hope that the legacy that I leave for Brazilian swimming, Brazilian sports in general is that we we can we can beat everybody. We can win world titles. It's it's possible. I mean, mm. it's not about you know whatever you know, infrastructure or money or, whatever you know other countries have. I mean, there's a way to to be the best in the world and in what you do, even if you're Brazilian, if you even if you come from a sport that has never had a, an Olympic an Olympic champion before. Mm. And uh, I appreciated you know everything that you said and uh from that from that that time bread that you became the the head coach we we kept going for another year it was you know a learning experience again for for both of us for the entire team that that was working in auburn and uh but you know it's it's funny because i eventually i was gonna i think i was gonna do it anyway i mean it's tough to be in a college team too man Mm -hmm. it gets to a point where you need more you know older people around you. You need, right. your, you need mm-hmm. people that have, you know, the same schedule and, and mm-hmm. you know, they have the same challenges. Yep. And it's, it, it's tough to have, you know, college, you know, teenagers around you all the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But, uh, yeah, man, I, I take, I take, I, I'm going to say this. I take pride to, to what you said. Like, you know, you won with a suit, without a suit, like in short course in long course, in mm-hmm. with a different coach. And,
0: mm-hmm. and I saw you
2: doing, doing the same thing. I mean, having success with, Marcelo with Ariana with so many great swimmers in Auburn mm-hmm. too and I'm not gonna say I was jealous I was like man I I'm gonna say I wish I was still there sometimes like I looked at the results I was like man I know what Bre can do and uh, if I was there I was gonna I was gonna be better than those guys but mm-hmm. uh, because we we had that friendship and I remember one time that I swam the I think it was the Brazilian nationals man the first time I went 45 in short course meters. And, uh, I mean, the pool was weird, man. It was set up in a weird way. The starting blocks were bad. And I remember getting a text from you after that race. Like, I, I don't know how you do it, but you always find a way to swim fast. Like, <laughs> how do you do this? And I was like, man, yeah, like, and, and that was always our, our talk, man. Like, just digging deeper. And this is, this is our, this is, the, like I said, like you had your go-to card. I mm-hmm. had mine too. I was like, man, final is the time that I take the you know the very best, deepest, right. you know, performance out of me. Right. And uh, and I mean, in the end, like uh, I feel like I've done my thing. Like I wanted to win all of the, in the, those different scenarios, like in short course, long course, the hundred, the fifty. And I mean, uh, in the end, uh, it all worked out well. It wasn't easy, even. I mean, I can say it wasn't. You was comfortable all the time and easy. Uh, this is high sports I and mean, high performance sports. And uh, honestly, I wish we had some more time. You know, we're mm-hmm. doing our partnership uh, more years. But at the same time, you know, this is life. This is how life works. I mean, I yeah. know how hard it is to be a head coach in a school. I mean, especially in a school that has the tradition that Auburn has. I mean, we you we were just coming out like of this five year straight title run yeah and it it was it was it was tough I mean, I remember looking at you and and being like, man like he's taking a very, very hard position to be at right now' yeah one of one of the best schools in swimming and uh but I yeah in the end it, it you said it well i mean it's it's hard to you know be at the point at that position where okay, we're doing different things now and I, I mean, it's not gonna be the same anymore. And then later, we're racing against each other. And so yeah. there's this friendship, but at the same time, this rivalry now. Right, right. And, uh, but I mean, it's, it's part of it. I mean, this is high performance sports. In the end, you know, like if you, you text me, like, hey, Caesar, I need this or I need that, I would, you know, get on a plane and fly to see you. And I, I know yeah. you would do the same. Yeah. Like you, you would find a way to get to Brazil if I needed. And, uh, and that, that has never changed. I mean, that has never changed. And in, in the end, Brett, I feel like my career was born with you. And I feel like your career was born mm-hmm. with us, with me, Fred, yep. and George. Yep. So it's like we took on the world together and we we found out our superpowers together. So yeah, th- this will never change. I mean, I'm I'm where I am because of you. I feel like you know all the other swimmers are where they are because of you, and you are where you where you are because of us. I mean, yeah, it was a team yeah. effort. It was, and in the end, that I think that's the, the well, what, what I take out of it. Like we we are equals. We put all you know in the same work. We we did as as best as we could, and it worked out well. I mean, the, during the time that worked out, it was fun. We we were the best in the world, and later things changed, but. I mean, we gotta be, we gotta be thankful for the, for those years. I mean, so many swimmers, so many coaches never had that experience, and I yeah. mean, we had the experience to to be extraordinary and to have extraordinary people around us. So it's, uh, I'm, I'll, I, you know, I, I cannot compare that those two years with anything I had in my entire career. I mean, 2009 especially was, was something that I always say, man, like. You know, this is this is the standard that I have seen. If that was number ten, I don't think I have ever seen a number eight. You know, until now, because yes. we everybody wanted, everybody wanted, everybody could, you know, be extraordinary, and everybody believed in and, and in the end, we we did it. So it, it's part of it. Part in the end, I mean, you you, I stopped swimming already. You know, some of the other swimmers too. And life changes. Life goes on. And in the end i mean looking back it's it's a lot of fun to to revive those feelings again
1: yeah well i appreciate everything you said there man i think that's a good place to stop it actually i mean our our story is has got to us to this point uh hopefully this is not the end of it you know there's there's many more years and and maybe another 10 years from now we come back and do another podcast and talk about everything (laughs) beyond this you know so um i'm all i'm always here for you uh i hope you know that now um if if i haven't made you feel like that in the past few years i want you to know that i'm always here for you um i'm thankful for for david popovich for breaking our world record and bringing us together again and um so and and congratulate him on what he's doing and and want him great success and hopefully he's creating memories with his coach that you and i created i think i think he's got a very similar relationship actually when i when i hear about him and his coach it's very a very similar type uh, you know relationships that, that's cool so um yeah man this is a good way to end it i appreciate you taking the time on saturday and away from your family and um yeah thanks thanks for the memories man have been beautiful okay
2: yeah no i appreciate it brad i mean it was definitely a lot though it was a lot of fun it was bringing those memories back man i mean every now and then i revive them to be honest like when i see the metal mm-hmm. when i see mm-hmm. the Mm-hmm. the videos like uh, when i especially when i think of the 100 freestyle in beijing like some of the races that we had and some of the times and uh i mean it was it was awesome i, I appreciate you, you calling me up here for the for the podcast i wish you know a lot of people <laughs> can make this long with us that it's gonna be two hours <laughs> yeah. 30 minutes podcast yeah and hopefully i mean in the end like i said Brett, i'm all the time asking myself what's the outcome i'm after Yep, yep. And today my outcome is contribute co- contributing to, to the streamers that are listening to this. Hopefully mm-hmm. somebody's gonna take something out of this this conversation mm-hmm. and it's gonna be like, hey, if I do this, it might help me. And yep. so for everybody that is listening, I mean, you know, we are two people, you know, normal people that just worked hard, worked smart, but you know, really increase the level of standards. So find your team you know, just raise the level of your standards and trying to find something out of this conversation that's going to make yeah, you better. For sure. You know, this is I, I, don't want, I don't want this just to be entertaining to everybody. I mean, yeah. everything I do now is like, man, I want people to feel, Brad, like we felt. Like, yeah, honestly, yeah, yeah. like when people ask me, like, you know, what do you want the most? i was like, man, I, I wish people felt 1% of what me and Brad felt in Beijing. yeah
0: Because yeah.
2: it, it was, I mean... Once you feel that, I feel like the only explanation I can give is like you know jumping from an airplane with a with a parachute. Mm. It, it, it's addicting. Like mm. know, I was like, man, once you feel this, you never want to go back to excellent. You want you don't yeah. want to be successful. You want to be extraordinary every day. So that day I was like, man, I want this feeling every year. I want this feeling every world championships. Mm. So it's it's possible. I mean, it's a choice that you can make every day. And hopefully, man. I mean, you're doing this with your podcast. I, I listened to to the Grant Hackett podcast. Was man, it was absolutely outstanding. I mean, what, mm-hmm. what Hackett says in yeah. um, that podcast is a life lesson. And
0: mm-hmm. man,
2: it really is like almost a, like a TED talk. I mean, it's it's insane. Yeah, yeah. And some of the other podcasts. So every time I'm listening, trying to find something. I, hopefully, we're we're helping swimmers to become better. And I appreciate yeah. again you you calling me up here for the for the podcast uh i think we, we killed a lot of the content man so now i'm gonna have to disappear for three years
1: <laughs> we, have a lot. we got yeah we'll chop it up and we'll put it out over the next three years just slowly <laughs> uh,
2: yeah once uh you feel like we we can talk some more i mean yeah just shoot me a text like like we always do and yeah and i appreciate it man i i wish the best for you the best for the audience yeah in the end you know just Leave your to your full potential. That's what what I want to to finish with, Brad. Because that's what I wa- what I expected from everybody. Yeah, like yeah. you said, I, I used to get you know angry and upset with some people because they were not living to their full potential. Right, right, and exactly. In the end, this is this is the message. I mean, ask yourself: Are you happy? Can you do better? You know, what can you do to be to get better results? And man, and that life is so much fun and. I'm tra- I'm transporting all of the, this knowledge to my life now. I'm doing a lot of presentations, yeah. events, yeah, yeah. and swing clinics, and this is something that, man, you're going to be extraordinary for the rest of your life. I'm I'm still searching for my extraordinary, even though I'm not in the pool anymore. But I mean, living to your full potential, it's it's very satisfactory. I mean, it's oh, it, yeah. it's fulfilled. It's fulfillment all over the place. So I wish everybody the, the very best. I hope they. They stick to us all the way to the end and yeah. you know, good luck to everybody. I
1: appreciate it, man. Awesome message. Beautiful. Um, love you and love to your family, man. And and say hi to your parents. I haven't spoken to them in, in a while. So say hi to them. And thanks for doing this. We'll get it out. And uh, hopefully people take a lot from this. Uh, I know they will. So, all right, man. Take care, hey?
2: All right. Thank you. Thank you,
0: Brad. See ya. Bye.